Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall and is for the title of greatest podcast ever made. Introducing first, from San Diego, California, Austin Cook. And from Odessa, Texas, Kayla McLemore. And these two together make up the Internet World Order. What is going on, Internet Universe? It's Austin Cook, and we are on a new episode of the Internet World Order today. I am joined by my K, my K, my, my co-host Caleb Mecklemore, and I'm sure you're surprised by this, but we're talking about season five of Teen Titans. It is the big finale. This is what we're all here for, and. This is actually going to be quite interesting for myself because a bunch of these episodes I had seen before, but I had actually never seen how this show ended. So this was a whole new adventure for me. Yeah, this is one of the most interesting seasons of the entire series. And I, I know that we probably said that a couple times, but <laughs> this season is on another level. It's it's really, really good. And it breaks the formula that's been prevalent in a lot of the other seasons where it's interspersed throughout. You get to meet different villains and have different small intersecting B plots that supplement this a plot that really takes up like maybe like four or five episodes. And oh yeah, it, it's just, it's crazy because this entire season is basically one big a and B plot all at the same time. And it builds this entire new cast of characters. It's kind of like, uh, I know this was, well, it was, it was like around the same time, but it was basically like justice league unlimited where it's like, you get an expanded cast of characters on top of the characters that you already know and love. And it's so good. <laughs> oh yeah. I of love this season. Oh man. Oh yeah. And it was, it was interesting. Cause as we were alluding, as we talked about last week of, you know, they fought Trigon, who, you know, literally is DC, DC's version of Satan. And it's like, how do you follow that up? And do you, do you want to know how? How do you follow it up? A gorilla that talks French. <laughs> yes. And a brain in a jar and a super old man and a crazy Russian chick that's basically Mr. Fantastic. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> I'm so glad you said it and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh man this season is is weird but it's consistently weird and that's true oh man like they they just kind of crank everything up and they're like okay it's just gonna be 10 the whole way through yeah it's ballsy like, yeah it basically was like so we're gonna now that we've covered like individual make uh major villains like slade and brother blood and trigon Let's just go full Legion of Doom esque, like team of villains, and just throw that at them. Let's see what happens. Right. And that's why I, I, like I said, I, season five is, especially trying to watch replays uh, over the years when they would have them. They were weird with season five. They would show some episodes, but not others, or at least in my experience. So I completely forgot the first episode that you get introduced to the Doom Patrol. 
which was awesome. I completely forgot. It was a nice surprise. Yeah, I keep forgetting that it was a two-parter that they started the season with, which is normally reserved for the end. Which, yeah, that, that's a nice way to show you this season is definitely going for a different, like, approach. And you want to know something, like, I mean, let's just jump right into it. This opening, the opening two episodes are interesting because the Doom Patrol is not as well known of a team as a lot of other DC characters. And that's not a knock on them. It's just true. They've yeah. been around forever, though. Like, I think they were <laughs> huge in, like, I think, like, wasn't their biggest heyday, like, probably, like, the 70s? Yeah, it'd be like the 70s and then like these last two years, which, yeah, <laughs> because that show, we'll, we'll talk about that show. I love Doom Patrol. Um, that'll be in the future. Yeah, it's so good. It's on HBO Max now. I'll definitely make sure to watch it. But I know. to your point, it is to put this in perspective, like pulling the Doom Patrol and the Teen Titans would be like. I mean, before the show would be like having a Marvel, like having the, the X-Men or the Avengers and you just randomly brought in the Guardians of the Galaxy before the first movie. Yeah. And you're just going to go in, who? <laughs> who are these people? Why are you here? Why are you running? <laughs> Why is there a giant tree? <laughs> are you fighting a gorilla with a French accent? Like what? what? No. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is fine. They, <laughs> I like to imagine that they're, you know, like someone, one of the writer's assistants was like, they sent him off to go get coffee or like go talk to a producer. And he came back and just all the smoke poured out. And he's like, what's going on? And he's like, we've written the first episode. <laughs> like, oh, I, I see what's going on here. They, no, no, it's, it's still great, though, because there's a nice, I mean, as we've talked about with the series of like you watch Teen Titans, maybe you started watching because you knew Robin because of the Batman connection and you got attached to these other characters. So getting you to be attached to kind of introducing you to other things like the Doom Patrol, that's just smart, especially because as we talk about how like each season kind of focus has a lot of focus on each of the main Titans. Now Beast Boy finally gets his spotlight directly about himself because he used to be a part of the doom patrol before he was a Titan. Mm -hmm. He's still and wearing his, uh, his doom patrol outfit actually. Which was a nice little touch that I completely forgot was a thing. And I got to give quick respect to the voice actor for figuring out how to do a little kid version of the beast boy voice. <laughs> Good for you. Whoever like the, to that person that's, not easy. Greg Sipes. He actually came back and did uh, Young Justice's Beast Boy. Good for him. That's cause like, like that's not easy when you're already playing like a young character. Because mm -hmm. uh, typically they give that like to they have women portray like uh, younger like male characters. And then to do a little to do like a. I don't know. Nine year old version of Beast Boy. That's an even bigger challenge for him. So good for you, dude. Yeah, no, it's it's. A lot of talent. Speaking of talent, Tara Strong was also Elastigirl. I yep. <laughs> I just learned that. I didn't remember that. I, I as soon as I heard that name, I was like, wait. I was like, oh right. Uh, yeah. Not 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 
Not that Elastigirl. <laughs> you know, the Terra Strong. <laughs> no, I was like, wait, not that one. Not the Incredibles. The, the Doom Patrol. <laughs> the Lord and Savior of voice actress, voice actors slash actresses is Terra yeah. Strong. <laughs> Kidding. But she's she's up there. She's like one or two oh. or three. So <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it was cool because like it introduced them. Because at first it seems really because I can imagine you finished up watching the end with Trigon and it's like new season teen Titans, like, yeah. And you get the complete with cheesy, like bootleg 007 sounding music as they're going through this castle and it's the brotherhood of evil. They're called, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As the doom patrol goes to fight the brotherhood of evil and you find out they're a really good team. They work really well together. Very in sync. But you also kind of find that where Beast Boy gets a lot of his like uh insecurity. Like self, yeah, self-esteem issues from especially with authority figures. And yeah. it's it's very interesting way to start off a season. It is. It's it's different than what I anticipated it was gonna be like. Cause normally we get like the main character episode, like in the third episode, usually. Yeah. But in this one, they're like Doom Patrol, bam! <laughs> Which makes sense because the way they're going to expand this out and introduce a bunch of characters, and as you said, the whole season is just a giant A and B plot constantly. It right. makes sense that you have to start out like this. Yeah, it does, and they they do a good job of introducing everyone in a way that is interesting. And they start it by having you know, it's like, hey, we're going to have the Doom Patrol and. We're going to have them show up and it's going to be like the Titans and the Doom Patrol kind of like butting heads trying to figure out what to do. And, you know, because the the Titans kind of save a lot of them. Like they find Robot Man and he's like deactivated because yeah. <laughs> they call for love help. The little, yeah, I did like the little like uh, when they're looking at Robot Man and uh, Cyborg is like, dude, this guy's like the forerunner of me. Yep. And, and, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, he, he kind of is because he's just the brain. And of course, the moment they reactivate him, he just charges right in. Yeah, he's like, oh, oh. <laughs> oh that was funny. I, you yeah. know, interesting thing about this episode, the first time I saw it when I was really young, I wasn't huge on it. I can understand why. And I, I can't figure out what it was. Even after watching it and liking it considerably more this time around, I was like, I don't know what it is that stops me from making this one of my favorite episodes and i think it's because mento is just so he makes me angry yeah (laughs) he's supposed to you know of course there's a there's a there's a there's a point to it and it actually does have a nice payoff Mm because there's development and change there but yeah so but in order to get to that nice moment you have to have that struggle yeah of course and it's just over two episodes I think it's just because the first episode itself, like you could tell that it was going to be a two-parter because of the way it ended. You're like, oh, it's it's not going to be like a, a three-act structure kind of thing. It, it kind of is, but you know that you have to watch both episodes to get the full impact. And oh, yeah. that might be what it was that I didn't originally like about it. But it, it has that fun, like super friends vibe to it as they like, because, you know, they're they're all getting picked off one by one, like picked off, quote unquote. But they're yes. all getting, you know, separated. And over the course of this, and Beast Boy's like, you need to listen to me. 
we're in this together. And Mento's like, I'm Mento. And <laughs> like, it's the best way I could think of describing it is like he is trying really hard to be a good figure for Beast Boy while still treating him like a kid, which isn't working anymore because he is obviously not that much of a kid anymore. He saved the world from Satan. So (laughs) we're at that weird point where their relationship is like, he's still treating him like a kid because he's young and because he's always been sort of a, like a harsh father figure on him. And Elastigirl even says that she's like, you don't need to be so tough on him. And he's like, yes, I do. I'm Mento. (laughs) But there's a lot more to it than that. It's actually like, there's an emotional layer that really makes it, interesting it pays off really nicely mm-hmm. it's and, it's fun oh yeah and of course and then they introduce you as, as we've been alluding to them it introduces the uh uh the brotherhood of evil <laughs> and oh man i i love the way they because like to your point of it being like a almost super friends vibe the way they introduce the way they like quickly summarize each of the villains is hilarious. And so super friends. It's, I was just, it's art. It's like, this is the same show. That yeah. <laughs> we got the previous four seasons on, but all together, I think red X was in the lineup, wasn't he? Hmm. Cause it, at the end of the episode, you know, cause they run off their brains. Like it's time for you to die. I'm going to be doing that voice a lot, but yeah, not, not for I, too long. <laughs> I will say that is my one thing is it was annoying a little bit. Cause I, mean, I understand you got to do a robot voice for the brain. Cause obviously he isn't, it would be weird if he talked like a person, but yeah. you could have picked a robot voice. It's a little easier to understand. Yeah. I, I think the way that they just had his voice like play out. Cause it like, it, it didn't seem human enough to me. And not, not that I mind it because it worked in the end because it made me dislike him in the way that I was supposed to. I was still like, I don't know. I think I feel like it would be scarier for him to talk just like a normal human. Like, right. Kind of like uh, like Hal from uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Right. No, I get that. It's just, yeah, just interesting how they decide to go about it. Yeah, it it, it is a little interesting. But, you know, at the end we get basically the roll call for every Which is villain hilarious. from the series except Trigon. Well, except like Trigon, Slade, and like the, the ones you would, the ones who don't play well with others. Yeah, the the, the villains that require their own season. We'll, yeah. we'll put it that Brother way. Blood ate, like, Brother Blood is never going to be a minion. No, no. <laughs> and I almost said Slade wouldn't either, but then I remembered that he's literally an independent contractor. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> so that's literally his whole shtick. You think you think Slade does taxes? <laughs> you think he has to do taxes for all the money he well, makes? Well, if Batman the Animated Series taught me anything about how the Joker views the IRS. He doesn't mess with yes. <laughs> Yeah, I might be crazy, but even I know you don't fight the government. Yeah, I'm just like imagining some clerk at like the, <laughs> the IRS building. And they're like, all right, Slade will. Oh, oh my gosh, the big spender. <laughs> like, <laughs> just going through his <laughs> 1099 and they're just like, Wow. <laughs> You didn't work for four months. We should do a background check on this guy. <laughs> right. Okay. Now, just real quick. I'm sorry. Because I just want. No, you're fine. No, it's fantastic. Like, think of that stuff. It would make great skits, honestly. Oh. But um, the Brotherhood of Evil, because now that I got the wiki pulled up, it's hilarious because it lists like all the uh, villains. 
mm-hmm. that's in each episode. And of course, but in part two, it lists every villain. I'm like, okay, you're kind of cheating, but whatever. Um, but so the Brotherhood of Evil is the brain, which self-explanatory. He makes all the plans. Monsieur Mala, the French-speaking gorilla, Monsieur who's also Mala. super, yeah, who's also super intelligent, just not as smart as the brain. Mm-hmm. Madame Rouge. Basically, Russian Mr. Fantastic. And also has the same, I am 98% sure, has the same voice actress as Molotov from Venture Brothers. Which cracks me up every time I listen to her talk. (laughs) And General Immortus, which I forgot how on the nose his name is. uh, (sighs) Because he is basically an immortal who has seen every major battle throughout history. So he's like the ultimate strategist when it comes to like your troops. And yeah, as we said, like Doom Patrol, like they, it's a, like I said, very super fans. Like they think they beat them. They've won. The day is saved. And the Brotherhood's like, oh, by the way, that wasn't our plan. Our actual plan is we're going to hunt because they basically go, oh, we have bigger threats than just the Doom Patrol now. We have to deal with the Titans and we're going to deal with all of them. Mm, All of them. And And we get to see all of them very soon. Oh yeah. And I like you said there's a roll call and we'll go ahead and get this out in the open. Some of it bothered me because you would see things like uh Mad Mod who's young. I'm like, how is he young? He's like a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> he probably just like drained someone of their their youth. True. I mean it's one of those it's not a deal breaker. There's a very it's one of those things of like they could easily explain it away. The one that bothered me is Malkior. Oh my gosh, I was so glad. It made me so mad. I was so... And then they didn't do anything with him. I know. Well, we'll get to that when we finish up the season because I've heard theories about what happened with season five that would explain that. Okay. All right. I'm 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 calm now. Yeah. So <laughs> basically, so the first two episodes, you get Beast Boy's backstory with the Doom Patrol. They go thwart... With the help of the Titans, they thwart the brotherhood of evil just for them to pull the ultimate super friends legion of doom move of that wasn't my actual plan that was my distraction plan that you stopped me from ha 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 and you set up the story for the rest of the season right now and right before we move on i do want to say this right now and i noticed this did you notice wintergreen was there i just it's so strange right when you said that i saw the name what sense does that make? I don't know. I know. I'm going to leave that pause in there too. So people understand <laughs> <laughs> how, like how just how many question marks are like above my head as I try to find a, and they just hear the error error. Caleb.exe has stopped working. I, cause I, I'm reading the, um, the Deathstroke, the Terminator, uh, like comics from the eighties with, uh, Wolfman and Perez and all those other guys. And I saw that and I was like, you stop it right now. You- <laughs> you- oh yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of, I'm, I'm reading this list. There's a bunch of people here who just, they never actually get like their own episode. They're just there. It's probably an Easter egg. Most likely like if the show had kept going. Yeah. Which we know it doesn't I mean spoiler is the last season. But yeah, <laughs> for uh, those who don't know, <laughs> yeah, those that don't take the five second Google search, <laughs> but um, 
So just as we said, like how this leads into the story of the whole season, episode three of Trust, um, you find out how scary Madame Rouge is. Because even like the Doom Patrol is like when they're lit or when they're talking about all three of all, all four of them, of course, you know, the brain and the general are, you know, it's a brain and a super old man. They're not going to be physically intimidating. And everyone's like, oh, so the gorilla is the big threat. They're like, no, <laughs> Madame Rouge is the threat. She scared me as a kid, dude. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. If it wasn't if it wasn't for the Venture Brothers connection I had that kept me laughing, I would have been very scared too. You want to know something crazy about like a part of like Madame Rouge's like her power and how they use it. You know what it reminds me of? What is that? Is the thing because it deals with like the paranoia of like who I don't know if you've ever seen the thing John Carpenter's version. I've seen bit. I mean, I know I know what it's about. So I know enough to like what the movie itself is about. Okay. I'll show you eventually because I feel like you'd really like that movie, but right. it's basically like at any point in time, someone could be infected. They could be the alien. They could have been transformed and we don't know how or who, and we don't know who to trust. It's like that paranoia. And as an, as a kid, you know, it was just scary because Madame Rouge was a well-written villain who scared me. Now I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this scares me even more <laughs> like watching it for sure. No, cause I know I call her Russian, uh, Mr. Fantastic, which I mean she is, but the other thing is she can turn herself into anybody and perfectly match their voice. And she is really good at gathering Intel. So she'll figure out mannerisms to really like keep the, basically be the best actress possible. And so with this, they send her to go, you know, uh, to go hunt down hotspot. Cause it starts off with wilder, uh, wildebeest being captured, which I kind of just like, Oh, that blows. I mean, I know obviously it's like his power is basically like mammoth, but kind of sucks that he gets a little, you know, he gets like a minute of screen time before he gets captured. <sighs> Poor wildebeest. <laughs> but uh yeah, so it's her going after Hotspot, which I thought was really cool that they picked a because you saw him a little bit in the Master of Games episode. So getting to see him again and seeing like what he can do is pretty awesome. Yeah, he's 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 a great character and I I wish we'd gotten more, but it, it is what it is. Go on. Yeah, it, it works for what it was, especially with the way she was like, man, the whole like like was it like the fly in the spider's web sort of thing? That's how she is. She like trap. She she gets hot. She's pretending to be Robin because Robin shows up trying to like help Hotspot to like be like, hey, people are after you. So we're he's the Titans are trying to get communicators to all the other super teams that they know of. And when she realizes Robin is coming, she disguises herself. She disguises herself as him. And basically tricks him into powering down so she can knock him out. And being the true villain she is, Robin's like, hey, Hotspot, are you okay? And it's her pretending to be Hotspot going, yeah, I'm fine. Give me the communicator. Why? No reason. <laughs> be- because, yes. And she- <laughs> How did you know that's what I was going to give you? Stop asking questions. 
shut up. <laughs> I one of my favorite like little slip ups, like it's such a small thing, but I could tell when it was her because he would be like, man, Madame Rouge, like she's she's built different. But I mean, that's not what he said, but <laughs> right. she was like, she's absolutely terrifying and deadly. And then Madame Rouge, when she's pretending to be Robin, is like, oh, indeed. And I was like, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> come on. The little vocal cues. Like, she doesn't quite know how to talk like a teenager. She's like Steve Buscemi when he's like with a backwards <laughs> hat. And he's like, how do you do, fellow kids? Like, <laughs> It literally is that. <laughs> and especially when she started like, because apparently with her, she was trying to convince Hotspot to power down. Because whenever she would get too close to him. Mm-hmm. Like she would like kind of melt and she's like, Oh, uh, this is a problem. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, like, come in, bring it for a hug. And he's like, don't you touch me. <laughs> don't you touch me. He's like, wow. I wonder why that's so weird. And, right. <laughs> what a smart but, villain uh, though. What a smart way to write a villain. Oh yeah. I mean, like I said, that's why like the doom patrol was like, she's the scary one. Cause like, obviously Mala is the muscle. But she's like the covert, like, spy slash, and she can hold her own in battle because she does not care. <laughs> yeah, she'll fight she, it. She'll fade on sight. She'll- <laughs> yeah. But uh, the best part is, too, because the reason why she wants the communicator from Robin so badly is because using the communicator, the Brotherhood of Evil now are in, basically, the Brotherhood of Evil has entered the chat of the Teen Titans. And they're ready to throw down. <laughs> yeah. And and the best part too, and this is what shows you that they're different than villains of the past. Cause like Slade obviously did plans. Brother Blood was had plans, but he would also get impatient, just say, you know, pull a Thanos, a fine, I'll do it myself. And yeah. Trigon is Trigon. Um <laughs> but the Brotherhood of Evil, like they get the communicator, and Mala's looking doing a chess match with the brain. He's like, so do we go after them? He goes, no, not yet. We need them to make themselves. We, we Basically, we need to wait because they'll make themselves weak for us. Then we strike. I was like, oh, they're different. <laughs> they're built different. <laughs> yeah, they'll play the long con. Yeah, which is what makes the season so good because it's it's long term storytelling and it's incorporating every single element of the universe in a way that brings everyone together and expands upon the characters that we already know and love and makes them, you know, have friends and, and have different, you know, places and stories to tell. Right. I love it. And then with all of that, like us talking about like all this, like villains and scary people, we go right back to the comedy with for real. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh, but it's a good one. Control freak is back, baby. Oh, it's control freak. Oh, my. Th- he's one of my favorite, like, minor villains from this series. He's so good. Oh, he's so he's good. He's so self aware. Yeah. And he, it, it's all a fun, you know, like, we've already said everything we can about control freak. And of course. As people remember, he's kind of like a fourth wall breaker and he's pointing fun at, like, some of the hardcore fans of the series and comic books and like pop culture in general, which they get to. <laughs> well, with this one, they go a little bit further because they bring the internet in on this one. Yep. And the chat rooms and the like, just the way How they're, they're constantly nitpicking it. 
Yeah, they're nitpicking it, and then they're like relation. They're shipping other characters. They're like, oh "Oh, no, these people got a date. They're the best, and like blah blah blah. And I was like, God, they know us too well. And and (laughs) and also remind you, like since this came out in two thousand five, it's like nothing has changed. No, it's exactly (laughs) the same, and (laughs) it's just kind of funny. Okay, so the premise of this one (laughs) is uh. The Titans are dealing with the Brotherhood of Evil, but of course they know. That means the city is open for villains to try to like take advantage of the absence. So the Titans East come to Jump City to watch over. And of course, people don't really accept them because people don't like change. It's just that simple. Yeah. And Control Freak shows up <laughs> with the perfect plan to defeat the Titans. But to defeat the original Titans, not the Titans East. Oh my and gosh. Austin, just walk the people through how when Control Freak shows up because he tries to make his plan work anyway, how how that goes for him. Have you ever seen a slow motion video of a car crashing into a wall? <laughs> That's the only way I can think of describing this entire situation because he shows up ready to fade on site. And then he's like giving his whole speech because he's been going from room to room like greeting. He gets tired. He's like, greeting Titans. It's your narch nemesis control freak. And like he's eventually just giving up. And yeah. the Titans East show up and he's like, ha I'm going to make new enemies out of him. And he has. It just it fails so spectacularly in eight bit so glory. It. it- turns into final fantasy i'm like what is this it's hilarious because it's like he tries to use he's like screw it i'll just do it and he tries using the traps on him and they just look at him they're like are you for real like yeah because <laughs> like, the traps were meant specifically for like starfire or cyborg so bumblebee's like uh my powers are different so screw you yeah, and he's like wait what and it, <laughs> it backfires <laughs> on him and it's like we get like the little 8-bit animation of him like running around the tower and just getting whooped on and they're just like looking at him they're like dude you can stop like we'll let you leave <laughs> oh he didn't mention the best part because when he first shows up and they have no idea who he is mm-hmm. they give him the list of villains <laughs> that the titans master. told him to watch out for and he's like reading over there. No, no, yeah and he, like he's reading over he's like okay mad mod johnny rancid slice Puppet Master, they only fought him once. Yeah, he was only in one episode. <laughs> He's like, you gotta be kidding me. Oh, it was so good. But to his credit, as much of a punching bag as he was in the first, like, we'll say like the first act, he does come back better prepared to specifically fight the Titans East. Which is the <laughs> most impressive part exactly he's like okay i'll work around this and he gives them specifically for their powers their own like way to like fight through and overcome like these things that are designed to defeat them and i was like oh <laughs> like, i was right? kind of surprised i was like wait that's that uh, okay all right let's give it a shot <laughs> he, he definitely hit me as a thing of like dude apply this for good and you would do amazing things yeah and i i think that they're gonna do that with him i could see i mean of all the various minor villains that could turn he's the only one i think that would actually be willing the other ones would be like nah. yeah they're like hey you'll be popular and loved 
and you'll get all the TV you want. He'd be like, okay. Like, yeah. Cause they so even said, they're like, you sound like a fanboy." And he's like, shut up. Like <laughs> no, they called him out on it. I, I know the, this episode was just like, let's just go all in. And you know, uh, you know, the Titans, he save the day and they end up staying because guess right. what? The Teen Titans West or the the OG Teen Titans is the new Teen Titans, as I like to call yes. them. They yes. are currently in a snowstorm in an episode that's happening. Meanwhile, and, literally, yeah. You know, the Titans Easter kind of finally getting the respect they deserve and the crowd starting to like turn and love them. They're like, hey, you guys are actually pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, for for people who are from like dc universe version boston you guys aren't so bad right <laughs> you know it, it's just funny and it, it's a cool episode we could see bumblebee again i love bumblebee because she just oh, she's, she she's takes, great. she takes no smack she she right puts everyone on notice and <laughs> fade on site i know i've said that a bunch of times but she's the definition of fade on site <laughs> like uh and the best part is to it is at the end he basically becomes a bigger fan of Titans East than he is of the original team. Right. Control and so Freak do, becomes obsessed. So do all his, uh, his chat room friends and they start shipping them. <laughs> uh, like, this is too accurate. Stop it. The funny. Oh, another thing we almost forgot to talk about was the, the French villain, Andre LeBlanc. And oh my Lord. When he, they show up and he's like, wait, what? <laughs> like you guys aren't supposed to be here. And he right? thought it's he like, had a chance. Right. Yeah, it's like there's supposed to be nobody here. It's the only reason I'm out right now. <laughs> I wouldn't stand a chance against the regular Titans, but I guess I don't stand a chance against you. Poor Andre the Blanc. It cracked me up because it reminded me of um Bomb I mean, they, they exactly it made me wonder like if Andre LeBlanc is a I don't know if they just made him up for the show or if he actually existed as a minor character in the comics. Because I only bring that up because I know Brad Bird's a huge fan of comics. He's so from the I comics. Think, okay, then because I know Brad Bird loves DC and Marvel, so now I'm just like Bon Voyage is probably a nice little call out to that. Oh, a hundred percent. The parallels are too much to ignore. Mm-hmm. Also, another important little thing to note here: Punk Rocket, who makes a little cameo. He's he's a villain in there. He like. He is like the Mohawk, I think, and he's like supposed to be like the punk rock villain. Right. Fun fact. There's actually a lost episode of Teen Titans with Punk Rocket as the villain. Really? Yeah. It, it's a shorter episode. I think it's like 11, 12 minutes. But hmm. basically, like he's like a sound based villain and they had him cameo in here because he was supposed to be in like season three. Oh, and okay. I. I re- I saw him and I was like, wait a minute. And I remember, you know, hearing about this. So I, I just thought that was an interesting little touch to add in there. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, that's nice. I mean, like you said, had they kept going, like I know they wanted to, they could have incorporated, they would have 100% have incorporated punk rocket somehow. And I would but... have been down for that. I love punk rock themed villains. <laughs> oh, wait, no, we didn't talk about the other amazing part of this episode before we go on to the next one. Cause the next one is heavier. So <laughs> when Control Freak hits the uh, Spanish audio, <laughs> I screamed. I was laughing so hard because they're like, hey, this is ah! like we're talking yeah. English. <laughs> no, because like in case y'all forgot, Masi Menos can only speak in Spanish. So when they're talking to him, Control Freak's like, OK, I'm not putting up with this subtitles. <laughs> and they start <laughs> talking in English. 
and they're so angry about it. <laughs> oh, that was, I f- almost forgot about that. That was my favorite part of the whole episode. Because <laughs> I love Mossy Manos. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're fantastic. They're just like, they freaked out as much as Beast Boy did when he was speaking British. <laughs> Mossy Manos si Podemos is, I, I love this. This is, this is a great episode. And oh, yeah. then we get Snowblind, which is incredibly sad. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. The, uh, as we were mentioning in the previous episode, the Titans are obviously out in the snow. We find out in Russia. And so like, while it's hilarious, so it's like, while all this crazy goofiness is happening with control freak. Meanwhile, the Titans are in Russia. Uh, Cause they're trying to find, because they're going wherever the heroes, other super teams are, and there's one out there. And they find out there's this monster has been destroying villages that's radioactive. And of course, Starfire is the one that stumbles onto him. Mm-hmm. And that's when we get introduced to Red Star. Which is hilarious how they danced around not talking about the Soviet Union. It wouldn't make sense in this universe, so I kind of well, understand that. <laughs> no, I get that. It's one of those things of, yeah, it's like, it's 2005. You can't tell me that guy's like in his early 20s and tell me he's Soviet. That would be weird. That would not make sense. Also, another weird little fact, Red Star used to be named Starfire. <laughs> Is that why they had her find him for Ye- the reference? Well, no, because I don't think kids would get that. I think the main the, thing was that like get it yeah people are going to notice all the adults and like the people who grew up with these comics are going to be like wait one plus one is two <laughs> but i think the main thing was like writing wise it makes sense because she's the one who can handle radiation it doesn't affect her oh so yeah that's it, true but what a coincidence <laughs> right i guarantee it's one of those things are like wait a second this works out this is this works out in more ways than we thought it would Right. I I don't know. I like that. It, it's smart. It's good writing. I've been saying that for so long. It's true. good writing. So basically what you find out is that Red Star, it's hilarious because it was like their way of being like, yeah, it's totally not the USSR. Yeah, we totally weren't trying to do Captain America. Shut up. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it works, but it came with a flaw that when Red Star uses too much power, he basically goes nuclear, mm-hmm. which I was like, oh, he's Captain Adam just without the suit to contain it. Yeah. And uh, of course, that means he has to hide away. And there is, a, it turns out there is a legit monster that got created off of a leakage from his radiation. And so it's his fault. It's it's his fault. <laughs> I know. And he, and, he, and he didn't know because he was literally just trying to like isolate himself from everyone. He's like, even when I try to do the right thing, I somehow screw up. And I was like, oh, that that hurt. That poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> that whole time I was like, wow, that that sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. And uh, of course, Starfire, as we point out, she, her power set is perfect to like counterbalance him. Because like mm-hmm. you said, radiation doesn't bother her. She can easily like talk to him and be like near him. And also just her personality. Like they mesh very well. Yeah. And uh, she understands the whole, she understands him. And 
there's that great moment when they find out like how many like vials he's created when they're, they're like oh good lord you could power like half the globe with these yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh he's like wait, wait there's good uses for this yeah dude it's been like 20 years oh wait sorry not soviet union uh but, it's um, been a long time <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly but um there's that funny moment well not funny but like the line is funny where like the monster busts into the like lab that red star hides in and red star just starts whooping on him oh it's awesome <laughs> and, and the line that makes it so funny is raven goes and this was deemed a failure <laughs> like, just like what <laughs> and then of course you see him lose control and he has to like leave and they're like oh there it is yeah they're like i think you're wrong my guy you're you're kind of a beast <laughs> just yeah. throwing down but, and then they're like oh yeah you realize you get five seconds which is not long enough to beat most villains yeah i'm sure pretty much everyone would agree <laughs> five yeah. seconds is not enough <laughs> that by comic book logic but um, by all logic caleb <laughs> if you know what i mean but, <laughs> but uh, anyway uh he goes yeah. on to be the hero for the town even though they don't trust him and they do have that moment too like where you find out the general i guess it's like didn't he say father I can't or remember. Or just call him General? Yeah, it, it's Russia. I don't know. They might. Well, but the connection he has of like, he Red Star kind of side eyes him going, look, I know I, I have my own share of blame here, but you were one of the guys that was a part of the experiment. So you're part of the problem too. Yeah. And yeah, basically he beats the monster but he goes so radio like he keeps going past when he would normally stop. So he basically goes so radioactive that he tells Starfires like, you have to throw me into space because otherwise there won't be a Russia by the time. Like when I go off. So she basically just has to go and throw him in the space. And there's this really touching moment because he appreciates the fact that she, um, like reached out to him and became, and he finally befriended someone for the first time in years. And just this really sad moment. Cause when he goes off, it looks like a bright red star. And luckily, I mean, cause at first I was like, did he just die? No, he's fine. I know. Right. <laughs> I was like, well, y'all just took all the tension out of there. <laughs> he, he's just like a okay. balloon. <laughs> You're like, well, <laughs> this is so, Oh wait, he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I, it kind of fit the tone because I never got the impression that he was going to die. I just right. got the impression that he it was just really sad because he's kind of like Frankenstein's monster in a way where it's like he's only trying to understand and do better with what yeah. it's been given to him. And everyone hates like the villagers and then he's Frankenstein's monster. And to the poor guy, I, I mean, they filmed his intro beautifully when they had him like Starfire wakes up. And she's like, you can't hold me here. You can't contain me here. And they filmed it to make it look like she was behind glass. And then he's like, oh, no, you can leave whenever I like. I can't go. And it pans back or it pulls back. And then we see that he's the one in the cage. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> visual storytelling. Nice, yeah. The nice way to 
say everything you need to say just in one visual. Yeah, it's it's really good and it, it's touching. You know, it, it's not as heavy as like Tara's storyline, but it's very no. it, it brings heart to a character that we've known for literally 20 minutes. And I respect yeah. that. How to get you to care about a character in one episode where you're just like, please don't die. Yeah, they, and they did it. But the sad thing, too, is that you have to keep in the back of your head. Is since I gave him a communicator, now the Brotherhood of Evil knows about Red Star. Yep. And that's the thing you have to keep in mind the whole time. You're like, oh, they're making things worse, not better. Yeah. And if you're watching it all in order, you're like, oh, no. And <laughs> it just it's it's tough. But it a great episode. Another example of how good that this writing team is at making characters heartfelt and understood. Yeah. And Quickly speaking, and easily. Speaking of that. Let's talk about the return of my favorite punching bag in Dr. Lane. <laughs> His one moment of glory when he was a threat for like five minutes. When he actually became a villain that could fight past the opening scene. And one of my, <laughs> I love how they introduced him and he like, he's trying to, well, number one, it's actually not a bad plan. <laughs> no, it makes sense. This is it means the he's best, learning. This is the best idea he's had. He's like, what if I just gather the northern lights and use that as a power source? And it starts to work. And I was like, well, hold on. <laughs> like, wait, wait a second. And he basically, like, the Titans show up and he's like, ha ha, Titans. I found a And then they immediately just put a whooping on him. And mm-hmm. Raven, dude, Raven has so many good lines this season. She's like, why are you still trying? Like, why do you even bother? <laughs> yeah, so we came out the Arctic for this. She just roasts him. And I was like, dude, Raven has become so good at delivering one liners. Yeah. It's like, it's like, this is, this is why I'm not, you know, nice and warm in the towers. Cause of you of all people. <laughs> I, I like how he, like the little moment where he's like briefly afraid of her. <laughs> like He's like, ah, <laughs> uh. <laughs> We, we love the storytelling, but basically like they fall through this layer of ice into this like underground, like prehistoric era area. Yeah. Basically which, like if dinosaurs and all that were still a thing, it's weird, but <laughs> it's, it's very comic booky. Oh, but we get Gnark and Cole who I, I know that this wasn't the purpose, but the moment she turned into a diamond and he like Gnark used her as a baseball bat weapon. I was laughing so hard. I was crying because you don't expect it. Yeah. I was like, what's the no. And then he's just like hitting her and she's just like stone cold, like a diamond, just like hitting people in the face. I was laughing so hard. I don't know why, because it's not even no. that funny. <laughs> it's just no. It's just because it's so ridiculous of like, there's nothing that even foreshadows how they work as a team. And then you're like, wait, okay. It's like, I get the caveman. He probably has like brute strength. What does the little girl? Oh, oh, I was laughing so hard. And this is another interesting episode where it's like, it's kind of a cyborg episode, but it's if, if anything, I think it's a Dr. Light episode. Yeah, because when he sees that she can turn into crystals, he goes, wait, you and basically a perfect crystal, which means she can almost like not infinitely, but like refract light so much it would like power him up. And actually he would go from like D minus threat 
to like a solid B plus. He's a solid B plus player in this episode. And it's because (laughs) they're actually like, hey, let's actually use Dr. Light. And I like this is like him becoming a protagonist. I remember like in like I used to read the Flash comics. My dad brought me home some Flash comics, the Wally West ones, which that's why I grew up with Wally West, that and the Justice League series. But they had like a little bit inside one of the issues and it was Dr. Light thinking that he's this hero and he's really the villain. And it's, it's just so funny. So like when I watched this, I was like, Oh, it, it kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Like it reminded me of that comic issue. I could see that. It's amazing. And then, uh, yeah. And, and the other thing too, is Gnark is, is that he has technophobia. Mm-hmm. So it was very, and of course when Dr. Light realizes that I was like, Oh, Look, scary gauntlet. <laughs> yeah, he's and, like, uh, ah! <laughs> yeah, and I, I thought that was kind of interesting that, because obviously I knew nothing about Cole or Gnark, so it was like interesting to learn about them. Though I have to admit, when I saw how they work together, and especially the way Cole is dressed, I was like, y'all were Korea in the 70s, weren't you? A hundred percent the 70s. <laughs> they were way before the, the primary colors of the 80s. <laughs> I know, I was like, Y'all are y'all scream 70s so loud I like need earmuffs to look at you. Yeah, I, I saw it and I was like, I don't know if that's a Marv Wolfman creation. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> about that one. And I <laughs> I I remember like Gnark. Gnark's interesting because he kind of reminds me a little bit of uh the one dude from the episode where Cyborg becomes a barbarian. Oh yeah. Cyborg the barbarian, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> I, I, he had like a similar face to him and I was like, are they related? We have fun, but <laughs> that's how the best fan theories get made. And honestly, why not? We'll, yeah. we'll just say yes. Why not? I'll just say, yeah, they're related. He's like the good cousin, but it, it <laughs> like it, it plays a role in the story because Dr. Light is able to take Cole from Gnark because she's afraid. Well, he's afraid of technology and, mm-hmm that like it almost becomes like a story about him overcoming his fear of technology because like cyborg is literal technology and yep. he, he wasn't quite yet a mother box. He wasn't quite yet tethered to a mother box because that was new 52, but yes. he's still like, he's still foreign alien technology to Gnark, who is a literal caveman mm-hmm. <laughs> watching him Can overcome only say Gnark. He's Gnark in like different. He's like the Yarp guy from uh, Hot Fuzz. Yarp. Yarp. Did you get them? Yarp. Yarp? Okay, good. <laughs> it's funny because like Dr. Light actually becomes a threat and then he gets beaten up by a caveman. Mwah. Poetic justice. I'm here for it. I know. It's so good. <laughs> it's a great then episode. Course, and again, just to reiterate, like, this is why I love like, because you notice, like like they typically do, the main villains of the season, you haven't seen them for a couple of episodes. Yeah. But you remember, because Brain's like, no, we're just going to play the long con. So the soon, the moment they give him a locator, you're like, ah, oh, crap. Yeah, it's, it's the little tinges. And again, long-term storytelling. And I think that's why this season, I think this season, even though it's not my personal, like one that's so close to my heart that it's my personal favorite, I think this is actually the best season of the series. There's a lot of good things going for it. And 
Yeah, I can understand. Yeah, like but, I love four and two, but season five is a special, special season and for a right. lot of different reasons. And just like the experience that we go through learning about all these new characters, well, the the lingering fear of what's to come and making yeah. me excited for what we're going to see, it, it's exactly. unparalleled in, the, in exactly. this series. Because yeah, because you don't know what's going to happen of like, what is their master plan? What happens when they press the button and it hits the fan? What what? So yeah, of course. And then just to go back to comedy, now we have hide and seek. This where, is my favorite where, episode. <laughs> well, easily. Well, no, it's okay. This is hard because for me, I love this and revved up, and it's hard for me to pick one. Yeah, revved up is good. I oh, I don't know, like it's hide and the seek. The next three episodes, hide and seek, light speed, and revved up is like, dang, they're like the peak of the series almost for me. I love these three episodes. They're so good. Okay, so just let's just set the foundation for this ridiculous episode. Okay. Okay. Raven is the worst babysitter in the world because she's Raven. And she hates everyone, especially children. Guess who gets assigned to babysitting duty? It's rom com. It's Raven. It's it's a junkie. If you for anyone who's seen Tim Robinson, it's a junkie. She (laughs) she gets tasked like she talks to Beast Boy, and Beast Boy's like, "Dude, I can't help you." Like Robin said that you got to do this. And I was like, why would you not have Robin or why would you not have Raven like fighting someone? And then I was like, mm. have Beast Boy entertain the children. He, he, he would, would be great. Like it. He'd be perfect. But then it, it, it kind of we understand why. Yeah. And it, it makes sense. Well, not even yeah. just that, but like the fact that like these young children are so powerful and they actually yeah. need the protection of Raven. It, it makes more sense in the end, but yeah, especially with like some of the powers they have Raven can like, she would understand what they're dealing with and being like, Hey, I can help you. So you have Melvin. I forgot his, I, I just thought his name was Timmy, but apparently his n- name is literally Timmy tantrum and yep. teether. Cause DC was running out of names <laughs> and just give him a name. <laughs> <laughs> I can give him the most on the nose name possible. That doesn't even sound cool, like Deathstroke. But um, <laughs> Deathstroke's a great name. <laughs> no, I was saying it's on the nose, but it sounds great. But anyway, she's trying to get into a monastery because obviously the Titans aren't. They don't want to recruit children. They're not. So they're like, let's get these kids somewhere safe where they don't have to like fight for us, but they also aren't going to be pursued by the Brotherhood of Evil. Exactly. And of course, as any good comic book thing, when you say that out loud, it's like, what? You don't want Brotherhood of Evil here? Better insert Brotherhood of Evil. <laughs> they and need to be there. <laughs> exactly. And we get we finally get to see the gorilla in accent in action. Which he proves that he is a powerhouse in his own right. He's kind of scary. Especially <laughs> <laughs> because he's just intelligence. He's not pure just like strength. Mm-hmm. Though, of course, the it's weird. It's like he is a threat and a constant looming threat. He shows up multiple times, mm-hmm. but it's like he's background to the fact that the main plot is how much can Raven put up with before she murders children? And it's a lot more than you would think. <laughs> yeah, 
is way more than I previously expected, which shows how much she's changed as a person. Oh, if there's a season three Raven. Those kids would be dead. Yeah, she would have just <laughs> yeeted them like catapulted them across the mountain. <laughs> like, you want to know what's like inside my head? Look at the crystal. What? And then they would just be silent the whole way through. But we would be missing out on some wonderful character development. Oh, yes. Oh, it's so good because like I forgot what Teether's power was. Then I remembered that he's basically Jaws. Yes. For- <laughs> he just like he can, he can eat anything. <laughs> It's awesome. And Timmy, yeah, what has, was Timmy tantrums again? Why am I forgetting? Uh, shoot. I'm trying to remember. I can't remember either. It actually does have something to do with his anger too. That's why I guess that's why he has the full name. Yeah. But he, I'm, I have to remember. The, but the, the highlight here, yeah, I'll let you Melvin. take it away. <laughs> <laughs> Melvin. Cause I wish I keep forgetting a girl is named Melvin, but whatever. Um, I liked how she acted because she kept saying how like she had an imaginary friend mm-hmm. or not. She didn't say it was imaginary. She had a friend and it was protecting them. And they're like, and Raven at first was playing along like, okay, whatever. She's young. Makes sense. And they would get on like the train. It's like, ah, do you remember what the name of her friend was? I believe it was Tommy. Or okay, Bo- Tommy. No, it was Bobby. It was Bobby. Bobby. Okay. Got it. Okay. So he's like, she's like, no, Bobby has to sit in the back of the train. He's too big to sit in the cargo. And Raven's like, he's imaginary. Just make him smaller. I can't do that. And the way her like pigtails would move to like show her emotion like a dog was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) It was funny. Oh, you know what, Timmy? uh, Real quick. Timmy's power was a sonic scream. It's like Black Canary. That's right. And that's why like when he's super angry, it's like more powerful. Cause obviously he's going to be yelling much louder. Right. That's so, he used it against Masuamala later in the episode. And yeah. Oh, let's, let's, well, let's not spoil what happens. But- of course <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> Cause Raven is like, like we said, she is basically like, I, I, I am not above murdering a child. Please don't push me. <laughs> and, oh gosh. And I, and, I've never empathized with her as much as I have in this one episode where, <laughs> where I'm like, she's, she's trying. Cause each of the three kids, basically they have their own, I guess you could say like not routine, but like own way you deal with them, which is fine. I mean, that's how most kids are. And at first she just despises their guts. She's just like, you could tell she's like, I'm going to murder Robin the next time I see him. And she eventually grows to love them to the point. She even memorizes like how to take care of them, their routine, what they need to go to bed, like what they like to eat, what happens when one steals another's blanket. Yeah. And there's a, there's a funny moment towards the end. She's like, he goes, Teether just stole Timmy's blanket. Then you hear another scream. Timmy just stole it back. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, but it, there's some really funny moments where they're like, we want a bedtime story. So Raven. Oh, my God. In her infinite <laughs> wisdom. Tells them the story of Trigon. That just sums up season four. And they start oh, crying. <laughs> like, Raven, I know you're not good with children. But come on. It's a great self-aware moment of like, yeah, rem- your kids do remember how dark this episode, w- this season was, right? <laughs> And they're like screaming and crying. They're like, that wasn't fun at all. <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> yeah. And they keep uh, hinting at what Bobby is. Because on the train, when Mala tries to take them, 
Waller just gets by the air, just the crap slapped out of him. And he gets like just thrown off the train. I know. I remember going, wait a minute. <laughs> like, and, oh. even, and even Raven's like, what just happened? Oh my God. It was amazing, dude. I, <laughs> and, yeah, she was like, time, uh, your powers. Yeah. And of course, and Raven, I understand where she's coming from because Raven's like, oh, you're telekinetic. Makes sense. She goes, no, Bobby did it. No, you're telekinetic. She's like, no, you, you're you not listening to me, Ray Ray. Like, yeah, <laughs> which. And, oh, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. No. So. I mean, th- this is pretty much the next big plot point. Like they're they're on like an alpine, like a ski uh, ski thing. And Teether cuts through the cable and saves them. That's we're like slowly learning about their powers. And she raven drops them off at the monastery and you can see that they're kind of sad because they're like raven don't go and she's like i oh my gosh wait a minute yeah, she's realizing <laughs> she's actually like connected to them and likes them yeah she's like i might hate kids but these ones have actually grown on me and she's <laughs> leaving and then she's notices that something's wrong she understands and, the one thing that all parents understand something is wrong when it's silent yeah and it it grows like deadly silent like really quickly and oh man <laughs> so Monsu Mala had broken in and like kidnapped the kids and was trying to take off with them and this was wild dude they're like she tries to stop them and this is when we realize that this is when we realize that Bobby's real and Bobby's it was very real he's very real and he's like a 20 foot tall teddy bear <laughs> made of muscle and fear <laughs> he flies through the sky. She's like, Melvin's like, get him, Bobby. And this giant demonic teddy bear falls from the sky and just lays the smack down on this French gorilla. I never thought I would be able to say that sentence out loud. I was so hype. <laughs> I jumped up and I applauded. I, <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> And her pigtails again. It's almost like she was used to like sewing our arm. Like we're Bobby. <laughs> oh my gosh, this was awesome! And like I was like, let's go! <laughs> oh my lord, it was just especially now uh, as someone that plays League of Legends. As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, Timbers! Wait, wrong, wrong thing. Teen Titans, not League of Legends. Sorry. Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> it was still just like, and of course, Raven just goes. Oh, he's real. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I've seen worse things. My dad is literally Satan. That's why she was just like, okay, I was, I'll take the L on that one. Yeah, and, um, it's okay to be wrong. That's how I learn. And, yeah. <laughs> and the best part was she's like, so why couldn't I see him before? And Melvin's just like, he was, he was scared to see you because you were scary. I'm like, fair. That's a very reasonable answer, actually. Raven is scary. Oh man, that this is, yeah, this is an op. It it could very quickly get annoying because little kids and little kid voices can quickly become annoying. But they did a great job of making them three dimensional characters with their own unique quirks, and also making them completely relatable and making Raven extremely relatable because for people who love children. That's wonderful. I'm so glad you do because you have so much patience and you should be applauded. And that's all I'm going to say about that. So <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's it. I think the thing that helps too is that 
if all three of them were just screaming messes, mm-hmm. this episode would be unbearable. Oh, it would suck. It'd be terrible. Yeah. So the fact that Melvin kind of is the de facto leader, Teether actually doesn't scream. It's Timmy that does the most screaming. It's called Timmy Tantrum. <laughs> oh, I know, but like you would think the baby would be like at least doing some crying, but nope. Fair. Pretty well behaved baby. Um, but look, they have like as you point out their own unique personalities, and yeah, it really brought out a part of Raven that not even she was aware that she had. So that yeah. was really cool. She's slowly becoming an adult and, you know, kind of starting to understand certain things about like, you know, what comes with being an adult and like what adults go through. <laughs> it, yeah, it's interesting. And I, God, I just wish we had a sixth season. That's all I can exactly. say. Exactly. But, but now we get to talk about light speed, which so, ooh, go ahead. So, okay. But first we got to talk about how the high five, cause that's who this focuses on, which is weird. Literally, it, and it shows because on Wikipedia here, it shows you who's absent. All of the Titans are absent. Yep. The this is an episode that does not have your main five characters at all, which they, is crazy. They took a gamble on this one. They they yeah. really took a gamble, and I have nothing but respect for that because. Yeah, it and the high five. The, the high five even hijacked the opening credits. <laughs> <laughs> like as the main theme is going, they're like, no, 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 no. And they're like spray painting the H like this is ours. Now we oh, run this show. It was great. That that was a nice little touch because I was like, oh, oh, yeah, I kind of forgot about that. And, right. Because <laughs> like, I forgot. I've seen this before. It's just been this is I hadn't seen it so long. I was like, yeah, I remember this. Oh, it's great, though. <laughs> the way that they utilize it is they just they went full in on making every single character important in the series and i love how they did that because i feel like it was a test run to see if like hey if we get renewed maybe we could do a high five spinoff true oh because i mean first you get the main three of jinx gizmo and mammoth of course uh you get uh kid wicked and seymour and of course we get good old belly numerous the best but uh the thing is is the high five which is hilarious to me they're called the because i was like wait i didn't think they like brother blood whatever but um (laughs) (laughs) uh they're causing you know they're committing crimes doing as a villain team should and of course they're like well the titans are gone and the titans east are dealing with their own people but then they realized you have moved up to the big leagues because now you're messing with Wally West. And Wally West literally ran to the end of time because he's so fast. So that's just canon- for reference. <laughs> he is canonically faster than Barry Allen. Wally's the best. I love Wally. <laughs> and, yeah. And the thing is that the the high five, because at first they're like, who is this? Because they know nothing about him. Mm-hmm. And he's just, oh, he is such a good troll. He is just messing with them. Because he's like, what's that over there? And he's like, disappears and goes back to the other side because he's just that fast. And just having a ball teasing them. Yeah. And he's not even trying. That's exactly. the best part. That's when, as soon as I saw that, like the I said it out loud. I was like, y'all ain't ready for the speed force. <laughs> Which <laughs> I don't think even the viewers were because they just, they kept it to what it was. And Kid Flash is the best in this. I, he is 
he just he troll like he said he just trolls them the whole episode and they're just like yep. what do we do <laughs> exactly because because gizmo is like i'll oh my gosh I'm, we're gonna jump around a little bit like i guess like what happens chronologically in the story but the the, the previous episode this episode and revved up if you're gonna watch three from this season like if you can't, don't have time to binge the whole season watch these three you won't regret it so on that note um because, like, they're trying to figure out ways to f- defeat him. And of course, Gizmo's, like, trying to figure out, like, hey, if I just make this machine. And Wally just pops in and goes, hey, you need help with that? Yeah, hand me that wrench. Yeah, sure. And, and Gizmo goes, wait a second. And then Wally starts screwing up all his stuff. <laughs> it's like, like you said, he's not even trying. Yeah, he's just like, oh, I guess I'll just mess around. <laughs> they're like, stop. <laughs> and the uh, big plot of the of this episode is jinx is trying to impress madame rouge which makes sense it it makes complete sense oh yeah because she wants she basically she's tired of being you know basically a minor villain she wants to become a main villain she wants to move on up to the main event she wants to bat with the big leagues basically and let's be honest capturing wally west will do that yeah actually that's a great <laughs> point and that's why my favorite thing is like they do actually manage to like get on the trip up because he gets really arrogant which makes sense when you're when you're the sidekick of barry allen you're gonna be arrogant yeah it's it's in your blood <laughs> yeah i mean so he gets caught being arrogant and they have him in like a the most basic steel cage possible it's like a flintstones cage and that's the funny thing is that he literally runs in and out of it just like he eats their sandwiches and like takes all their stuff and they're just like what do we do with him and he's just like keeping himself busy and i'm just like oh my gosh dude (laughs) that's why i loved that like um i'm trying to think uh when she calls up madame rouge saying we've captured him the scary thing to really just quickly bring down the point of how scary madame rouge is she goes did you put him in a level four containment uh, containment center? And she's like, uh, d- duh, of course we did. She's like, good, because nothing else will contain him. Yeah, and you just see <laughs> Jinx is just sweating. She's like, totally got him. Yeah. <laughs> With a key and pill sketch where he's just pouring sweat. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how I envisioned this. She's just like absolutely and you just see like her pit stains getting progressively darker she's like, yeah. I, and, I know what you're saying and, I- <laughs> and uh when they when <clears throat> she convinces madame rouge to come to the tower mm-hmm. which is what good for you jinx you convinced her to actually come see because at first madame rouge is like how'd you get this number i'm gonna kill you yeah. and, <laughs> and um so they're like we have to capture him because, of course, the moment she turns around, he just, like, disassembled the cage and is just gone. <laughs> and, <sighs> well, not after he completely insults them. And he's they're like, we're the high five. And he's like, but there's six of you. And they're just like, Nani? And he's <laughs> like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like, there's six of you and he can multiply. <laughs> Your name doesn't make sense. Oh, yeah. I, well, I, I think that was basically there, like, one to kind of, you know, make fun of him a little bit and make him just... You know, like be like, uh, 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 but also to kind of foreshadow what's to come. And yeah, well, it's smart. 
yeah, it plant he plants the seed of with Jinx because <laughs> Wally looks at her and just goes, "You're clearly the smartest one here. Why are you putting up with this?" <laughs> and she's like, "Cause I want to be like accepted by Madame Rouge." And he basically goes, "Have higher standards." Yeah. He's like, why though? Like she's like, you can do so much better. And she looks over and she sees Billy numerous, like basically <laughs> like just messing around and like Gizmo's hey, like, eh. and I'm like, yeah, no, I, I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh. she's like, Oh, you have a point. It's like, well, you didn't have to, why are you coming for me like that? <laughs> why are you swinging so hard? Oh know. my gosh. And then when he tries to get away, he's like running through the entire thing. This man vibrates his molecules so fast yep. that he literally just dissolves through a wall and gets away. And they're just like, I loved it. They keep oh. trying and I admire that. Dude. Okay. You know what this reminded <laughs> me of honestly? And it may be because this is owned by Warner brothers. Mm-hmm. This is some wily coyote and Roadrunner stuff. That's exactly what it is. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> cause like, cause like to what Austin is alluding to, they corner him against the wall and they're like well there's nowhere for you to run now it's like well first off he's faster than you can catch so he could run by you but he just smiles and goes y'all do know i can vibrate my molecules fast enough to face through walls right they're like what bye (laughs) and he just (laughs) just vibrates through the wall and they're just like oh we're in so much trouble (laughs) It's it's like we're not properly equipped for this it's like no i'm sorry to break it to you guys you're not high enough villains to deal with him. Yeah. You guys might be strong enough to beat up like a young and super inexperienced Titans team. But like even now they're out of your league and kid flash is like on another Above. Well, one thing. Wally West is a part of the original noon Teen Titans. He, True. which is interesting. I, I think that this is almost kind of a kind of a nod to like the comics in in a way, like I don't actually think I'm far enough to see if like, I think this might just be for the TV series, if I'm not mistaken, because there's there's so much. But from what I've read, Wally West actually was in love with Raven because when Raven was gathering the team, she put a spell on him and a lot of other people. And that spell made him fall in love with her, which made him defend her at all costs. So it might be a little nod to that. What a good shield to have of Kid Flash. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Wow. (laughs) But, but, uh, okay. I mentioned this in the previous season. We first talked about good old Billy Numerous and how, like, his power is terrifying when you think about it. They all start actually working as a team and they're actually making Wally actually have to think and try hard. And there's a moment where he's running. And Billy is multiplying fast enough to keep up with him to for, to like lead him and kite him into where they want him to go into a trap. Mm-hmm. And that is terrifying that Billy can multiply fast enough to keep up with Wally West. That you know what? I'm really glad you pointed that out because I I thought I was going crazy. I was like, am I the only one noticing this? No, he did have a funny <laughs> moment. He goes, run, run, run as fast as you can. You can't get the, the I'm, I'm really numerous. <laughs> I was like, you didn't think that through, did you? That's one of my favorite. Like, oh, Billy's the best. <laughs> and also kudos to the animators for finding a way. Because 
I'm sure at first when they like saw the storyboard of that, they're like, how on earth are we going to animate that? And the way they did it was really smart. Yeah, they, of many things, they do a wonderful job with this entire, entire series. But yeah, oh, in particular, just this episode, they are on their game. Yeah, and and I love it. Yeah, and they, they actually do manage to capture him. Yeah. I mean, two, two, we've been kind of, you know, giving them crap because they deserve it. Basically, Kid Flash was their wake-up call to take things a little more serious. But um, they do capture him, and Madame Rue shows up. He gets out because he's Kid Flash. I'm sorry, you got to be like, not quite Lex Luthor, but close to that level to deal with Wally West. Right. It. <laughs> this man ran to the end of time. Like, <laughs> we're not making that up. You can look it up. That's that's written down. This is crazy. <laughs> and and of course, Madame Rouge just absolutely belittles all, of, especially Jinx, for wasting her time. Which she is that kind of villain. It's not like it's out of character. Yeah. And of course, she tries to capture him herself because she's like, I can handle him. And it's like, no, you can't. And he, and they just keep planting that seed of Jinx really starting to question of, do I really want to still be a villain? And of course they pay that off later, but for now it's just planting that seed. Yeah. And, and it's, it's great. And I, it's lo- good writing. I, I, I was so happy that kid flash was finally here. I know <laughs> so, I was like, now that I've gotten to the comics, I was like, man, this is such a great character. And I'm so like, I'm kind of sad that they introduced him later on in the series, which I think was intentional because they were using Wally in the Justice League series. That makes total sense. Yeah, because real quick, for before people get confused, they were doing that because at the time in the comics, Barry Allen was super dead. Like dead, dead, dead. <laughs> like ran so fast he disappeared and went full like, you know, uh, uh, I forget the thirty Indiana Jones movie where he just like shrivels up and dies. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. He was yeah. dead. He wasn't yeah. coming back because Crisis on Infinite Earths was probably the, it's one of the most important comic series of all time. And we'll, yes. in the future, at some point down the line, we will talk about it. I love so, yeah. Crisis on Infinite. Oh, I love fantastic. it more now. I've had exactly. more of an appreciation for it over the last couple of weeks more than anything. Cause before I was like, yeah, it's good, but I feel like it's maybe a little overhyped, but now I'm like, Oh dude, when you understand the importance <laughs> of what it did in terms of like, especially like DC history, it makes total sense. It's brilliant. Marv Wolfman, you are God. And- <laughs> but, uh, but to, to your point of like, I, I, we bring all that up. That little sidebar was they're focusing on Wally's work. Cause Barry was dead. They took the gamble in the justice league cartoon of, well, we'll just go with Wally West then. And it worked. People like myself included, and and obviously it's clear that Austin does also <laughs> loves Wally West. And so why why not bring him in a Teen Titans, especially because he is an original Titan. So it's like him them taking this long to introduce him is weird, but I get it. Uh, so now we get to go on to revved up. <laughs> also, real quick. Just a, just a real quick last little bit on this episode. Sure. Madame Rouge almost defeats Wally West, which is really impressive. Wow. It makes sense because Wally West is, you know, he's a young kid at this time. 
and he yeah. kind of is a little cocky and he doesn't know how to fight her because he's so used to just like being so much faster than everybody that nothing matters. And that's true. It's just a reminder of how big of a threat she and the Brotherhood of Evil is. That's just one other thing I wanted to add on there. Oh, no, but, no, no, you're right. Because I just on that note, it's like because she knows she can't like she's not faster. So she's smarter. Yeah. And the way she utilizes that is really, really cool. Oh, it's so cool. Watch the episode. Let's talk yes. about revved up, which is yes. I that guy that man is wearing a ripoff Daredevil shirt. <laughs> talk about it right now. The ding, the dong, ding dong daddy. Dong. <laughs> you, you go ahead and say it because we we both like trailed off. <laughs> <laughs> the ding dong daddy that talks like <laughs> that talks like Scaramouche from season five of Samurai Jack. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. He, he says daddy o and everything else, and it's amazing. He's a great villain because he's he's strange. It's like let's take basically like a speed racer or a NASCAR driver and then have him have like little hobgoblin minions with like a little like car garage that like tears people's stuff apart. He's mm-hmm. the main villain of this episode because he stole a briefcase from Robin, a.k.a. Robin's most prized possession. And yep. he's like, hey, I have a code of honor. If you can beat me in a race, I'll give it back to you. And I was like, oh, that how nice of him. And then, <laughs> how strangely straightforward. That is incredibly honest. And I kind of respect that. <laughs> and of course, as you mentioned with his little minions he makes sure that he wins. Yeah. He's like, cheating. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. Like a good villain should, where it's just like, I'm totally not going to cheat. Wink. You said it out loud. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you say wink? What did you? <laughs> oh, but, uh, gosh. And the funny thing is it just, cause you get the T car and Rob is on his bike. And this is just, cause it starts off very I know I used the regular show example in last se- or season three, maybe this is another example of like, it starts off kind of normal of like, well, as normal as comic books can of like beat this villain in a race. And it just keeps escalating and getting weirder. Like Raven and Starfire get left behind at a bus stop and they got to find a way to join back in the race. And they pull a blazing saddles and beat up <laughs> these two random villains and then put on the suit. And they're like, <laughs> We are totally evil. And like, I know. Oh, I'm so glad which, we talked about blazing saddles earlier, <laughs> which also jerk move on Raven's part to make Starfire the most innocent sounding person <laughs> to try and sound like a villain when Raven just naturally sounds that way. <laughs> and I was just like, why didn't you do the talking? And I, it, it just makes it funnier. But like, oh, the, I know the trajectory of this episode is crazy. <laughs> It goes from um, like, yeah, like Robin and Ding Dong Daddy. And then they try to like, they ask Gizmo for his ride. And he's like, uh, no, you idiots. <laughs> Which, yeah, I kind of don't blame him. I was like, yeah, dude, like, what are you thinking? Yeah, they accidentally reveal because they're like, we need your car. And he's like, screw you. Why? And because because something really important the Robin has been stolen. And of course, Starfire being, you know, best girl, she actually reveals everything. And Raven like shuts her up and Gizmo goes, wait, there's oh. something that even Robin's afraid to lose. Oh, <laughs> I got to have that. And he gives out the SOS 
through all the villains. Oh, it's awesome. Raises the stakes, too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and this is where it turns into pure wacky races. And for those that don't know what that is, just look it up so I don't feel so old. And it's like Mario Kart, basically. Exactly. Because I love the fact that all the villains, their cars were themed after whatever their <laughs> shtick is. <laughs> so glad they did that <laughs> it made it so much better like okay well first off we get to see the puppet master for the first time since season one right and he has a giant jack in the box you have mumbo in a top hat you have mad, mad mod and a giant big ben <laughs> this episode rules <laughs> and of course, Red Axe shows up because of course he does. Because Jason Cause Todd is everywhere. Oops, I said it. Well, uh, I mean, Edgy Robin, you mean. Uh, it's Jason Todd. <laughs> I know it is. It's Jason Todd. Ow, of course, I cut myself on the edge. <laughs> True. But um, <laughs> he shows up and of course, Robin's like, wait, why are you? No, Robin's like, no, this is dumb. Why are either of you here? And <laughs> and Red X, like, of course, they're racing. And it also takes on, as you mentioned earlier, Speed Racer. Because you have Red X. Mm -hmm. You literally have a Racer X. <sighs> yep. Yep. They, <laughs> they went there, and I'm glad they did. <laughs> I'll just put and, it that way. And we're mentioning all this. And if you think they couldn't fit more in this, into this episode, oh, there's more. Because then there's the hijinks of Beast Boy and Cyborg dealing with the minions. <laughs> <laughs> they're, whenever they're paired together, it's one of the best episodes of the season, usually. Immediately. Yeah. yeah. They're just, their dynamic is perfect, which is funny because in the comics, when they first start teaming together, they hate each other. Yeah. Well, creative license and all that. Yeah, well, no, it works. It's just so funny because like when you see them now, like compared to where they used to be and what they were like originally, it's just it's so interesting and unique. And I love their dynamic together. I think it was it's it's character development, man. <laughs> you know, it absolutely is. And just I rather because I, I would love to hear how you explain it. Of As you said, they have a roam. The minions have like a roaming car garage. And just you explain how Beast Boy and Cyborg keep their day keeps getting worse. So they're driving Cyborg's car and these little they look like the Cheddar Goblin from Mandy. If anyone's seen that, that might this might be a <laughs> shot in the dark. But look up the Cheddar Goblin from Mandy. It's like a bunch of those, except they come in like rainbow colors. They're like Skittle Hobgoblins. And they basically just take apart their car while, while they're driving. <laughs> Oh yeah, and it ha and Cyborg, of course, as expected, flips out. He nearly has an aneurysm. <laughs> I don't blame him. Yeah, his robot part of his brain almost like short circuits and has a blue screen of death. <laughs> oh, and they're like trying to fight back as best as they can, but it's like, how do you? You're trying to drive and focus on the race while also dealing well like, with these goblins that are literally just taking your car apart. And I, yeah. I love this. I love this. <laughs> and the best part is they get rid of them initially. And they're like, okay, we're fine. Because they get a fork in the road. And then it comes back around. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we got away. And, oh, no. <laughs> and 
and progressively throughout the episode, there's less and less of the car. <laughs> yeah, they they basically like at the end after the race is over, it's it's just like a frame. Like it, it's like the t- the brakes and like the the car frame and the the steering wheel. It's like Looney Tunes. Yeah, like <laughs> Cyborg literally has Beast Boy turn into a horse so he can pull him in. It's so funny. It's oh, it's it's awesome. Yeah. But another awesome part of this episode is when Red X basically you know it, it it's what we always kind of expected where it's like he's not he's not a bad guy he's yeah. just an anti-hero in a world that's either one or the other and he he's like is this really important to you robin all right i'll help you out and he basically removes all the other villains from the equation by blowing up their yeah. cars and mm-hmm. presumably killing everyone that was driving but we're not going to talk about yes. that so <laughs> it was like it's they did not survive that. fine <laughs> Well, Mumbo could, but the rest of them, I agree. Yeah, Mad Mod was just like, oh, blimey. He- <laughs> oh, Mumbo but- could just be like, peace, I'm out. <laughs> oh, yeah. It- it's funny because at the end of this episode, like Robin's basically like ding dong daddy's all out of tricks. And he basically just rams into Robin and like snatches his vehicle. And he's like, you'll never win. I was like, well, you know that if you're pushing his car, <laughs> I was like, wait, Robin's motorcycle is in front. That means if you drive over with him like that, you'll win. Yeah, he gets he gets him so angry that he starts thinking illogically. Yeah, and I was like, Robin, you didn't have to do anything. You're like, oh no. And like you would have crossed the finish line first. I think he just wanted to get the briefcase back. He didn't care about winning. Yeah, which I mean he did still win. But of course. <laughs> he, superheroes. Yeah. He kicks Ding Dong Daddy in the face because Ding Dong Daddy is not a physically imposing villain. He's just Nope. He he's a fun blast of the past, and they use him perfectly. And oh, with he, his hot rod and everything. Yeah, he's like, "Hey, can we have a rematch?" And Robin's like, "Uh, no." And that's the last we see of the Ding Dong Daddy for that episode, and it's it's hilarious. But we never find out what's in the briefcase. It felt like a Pulp Fiction reference. It to- oh, it totally was. I personally like. We could make a whole episode about what it could possibly be that was in the briefcase, right. but we won't. <laughs> I know, but I'm, I'm sure there's a bunch of theories, and I entertain all of them. And I'm like, you know, that's part of why they did that. Yeah, because the you you freak out over the unknown, especially with the way. Oh, it's so troll, and I loved it because you know all the times are like, hey man, you don't have to show us if it's really that like secretive. You can keep that to yourself you don't have to tell us and rob is like no y'all literally risked your lives for this so i'll show you and as he's opening it up it covers the screen and it goes to credits oh i was so mad even as like a, a kid i was like i'm about to throw hands i'm so, <laughs> I'm so angry because like as a kid i'm like come on oh i know <laughs> oh gosh it was it, it's a great episode it's it's underrated and it kind of plays a little bit more to the comedy but Man, it's it it definitely grew on me a little bit more. It's wacky, it's yeah. Looney Tunes, but it, it's a lot of fun. And oh man, it's so good. But but this next episode, we finally which, get what should have happened in season one. Which I that's what I'm about to go into. It's just called Go, and <laughs> that's the no. only name they came out. They're like Go. This was actually supposed to be season one, episode one. This was the pilot episode. Well, it says, well, it says here, it's like this, as for the flashback, this is the pilot episode of Teen Titans for this season. Exactly. Oh, there it is. Yeah, it, oh, okay. it was originally like, it was, 
I think what it was is it was pitched as the episode, like the episode that should have been the pilot, but it was it was the pilot for the season, but they shifted it back to episode 10, which is the right call because I agree, but I just gosh, this should have been the actual pilot. Yeah, I I know, I know. <laughs> it's it's how I wouldn't call it super comic accurate, but it's really close. No. It's very close, actually. <laughs> oh no! But I do have to say this, okay? I had never seen this episode because when they would do reruns, mm-hmm. I never saw this. So this watching it for this podcast was the first time I've ever seen this. So I never knew they actually had an episode explaining how they got together. So this was a whole roller coaster for me of just me screaming, hoping I don't get a noise complaint of finally, <laughs> why, where has this been? And <laughs> <laughs> I love that they list Starfire as a villain initially. That's kind of funny. Yeah. But, <laughs> and it, oh, this is a good episode. And I, there were so many times where I was just like, because ah! it's just small little comic references and. Oh, you know, yeah. Cyborg in his hoodie and how he's like kind of trying. He's like fighting crime, but he's still like this was like when he was angry. Well, understandably angry Cyborg, who was just, he had like, just recently he had recently just turned into that. Yeah, so he was still dealing with that. He was harboring a lot of survivor's guilt and he was incredibly upset and angry and reactive. And then we have Beast Boy, who's like adorable. He's adorable. He's a he's a child. And, <laughs> and then <laughs> Raven, him. who's weirdly nice and now she's like you know it it was back when she still kind of had like a little bit of like you know she was a little bit more innocent and shy and naive she was more shy than anything else and now she's grown old and bitter and welcome to the world kid but (laughs) and of course robin i I just loved how like wait a second aren't you with i moved to a new city I'm like, all right, Robin, stop trying to do your best Batman voice. Just say Batman, you guys. Just say Batman. And I know. It's like, y'all are owned by Warner Brothers. Like, where's the crime here if you say Batman? Oh, it's not like you're Fox and Marvel. It's just, I, it's yeah, weird. Yeah, there's no, there's no issue here. I think they just wanted to keep the focus on them. And if that's the case, then that makes total sense. Well, also, I think it, it, it does play into that, like, like, teasing of having, like, the carrot on a stick. Of yeah. we're not going to talk about it. You gotta be quicker than that, <laughs> yeah. literally. But it was interesting though, because like I said, since I never seen this until uh, for this watch through or watch through, yeah. So yeah, seen the whole like Starfire escapes from these aliens, and she's just—I mean, kind of how like I described the xenomorph in the alien episode. She's just angry, has no idea where she is, and just wants to go home. And it makes sense because she's like, where am I? What am I doing? And like, <laughs> ah! It's it's perfect. Yeah. And it's and a great way to introduce them all to each other. Exactly. Like how they all got together, how even though they weren't, well, Cyborg didn't want to team up. Beast Boy was totally like, team, 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 yeah. anybody? Right here? Team. He's always been a team player, which is funny. <laughs> yeah. Of course, Raven was just like, I would like friends. Why, why are y'all walking away? Please, friends. And then Robin's like, I work or no. Robin's like, I'm, I'm dark and edgy. <sighs> and it's like, calm thyself. You're not Jason Todd. Yeah, you're Dick Grayson. <laughs> like, chill. 
<laughs> you're supposed to have the sense of humor. You're the funny Robin. Yeah, which he's he's my favorite. He's my personal favorite. I almost said he would be my personal favorite Robin, but I know him more as Nightwing. So he's Fair. like, he, like Jason. Well, even then, I don't know. Tim Drake's amazing. Robins yeah. are great. I. This is a really strong episode that I think should have. Like I'm stuck on it because a, a part of me wishes it would have been one of the earlier episodes, but the other part of me makes me appreciate it more because before we had a little bit of a mystery and we wanted to know more. Now right. we get to see what they're really like. And it almost feels like it would have been too much of a jump. If we just had like one episode, Raven actually laughs at beast boys jokes and says he's funny. And then the whole season, she's like, you're an idiot. I'm going to kill you. And you know, I, <laughs> I, I get it from that standpoint. You shouldn't have waited till season flipping five. It almost works for the overarching theme, I, I think. And I know, I, I'm not saying it doesn't work, but it's just me. I'm just like, man, I'm glad this show like hooked me immediately or I would not have put up with this. Yeah, th- this show has a lot of confidence that most people don't have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like just so like, to, to put it nicely. You'll keep watching. We know you will. This show's built different. <laughs> just saying <laughs> but uh can we talk about how starfire learns english well yeah this that's how it happened in the comics that's how no, it that's happened in the funny. animated movies and yeah. but it you know it starts off the romance and i think this was a good way to like kind of tie it in a little bit was she like tamaranians basically kiss like someone to learn the language that is native to the planet. So she doesn't understand yeah. English. She's just yelling in Tamaranian and they're just like, well, I don't know what to do. So she kisses Robin yeah. because it, it's actually kind of unique because it's romantic. It creates the romance, the the little spark that, you know, takes them into their romance, but it also kind of is weirdly applicable. It's not just like, Oh, like Robin kissed him. So she, like, Starfire kiss Robin. So she likes him. Like, it's just like a cute, like thing. It, it's like, Oh, like if you want to learn someone's language, you literally learn them through their language tract. Yeah. Is, is, like, am I making sense? Am I? No, I know what you're trying to no, no. Like they found a way to make it like they found a logical explanation of what like set the spark off or like what got the ball rolling on what would become the, the romance angle though. I gotta give beast boy and cyborg credit. After that kiss, they did exactly what good, especially teen age, especially teenage friends would do. They immediately started giving him crap. Yep. Like, <laughs> <laughs> is that your girlfriend? I <laughs> was so good. I was like, yep, there's the strangely, the kiss is what got them all to start liking each other. Right. Strangely. That was kind of the moment that really kind of sealed that they were going to be friends. And I appreciate that. I, you know, the villains. I think it's the same villains that they had from the original like comic series as well, or something close to that. Makes but sense. It, they serve their purpose really well. You know, they're not the strongest villains. They only are around for like one issue. And <laughs> they're, they're there to be, it, it's the same thing of like Joe cool. Yeah. From Joe he chill. Should, sorry, whatever. Joe still, chill. Caleb. For those who don't know, <laughs> that's the guy that shot the Waynes. Yeah, which I mean, for anyone who hasn't seen the Waynes get murdered, where have you been? That's <laughs> like, well, well they, might, they might, they might not know the name of the guy considering they change up who does it. Oh no, 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 that's fine. I'm saying like, <laughs> if you don't know that Batman's parents were murdered, 
you're lying because everyone knows the Batman's parents were murdered because we've seen it in every single movie. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Getting that out of the way. Woo, I but, feel uh, better. <laughs> but just like that guy, they just serve to help push along like how, even though we don't know how Raven got to Earth, uh, we know how Starfire got to Earth. And that's all they're there for. And uh, it was funny because when you first see her, she basically dressed exactly like Blackfire. I think that was and, uh, I think that was the idea. Well, I I get it, especially because if she's as it puts villains, Starfire initially. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and of course, when she changes into like the outfit that we all see her in for the rest of this, the series, everyone's just like, oh, didn't know you had a second outfit. And Robin's just like, I love you. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Raven laughs at Beast Boy's jokes and says, you're funny. And he, it gets to his head and he ruins it. As most teen boys would when they get complimented. It's perfect. She, Which it shocked me because I can't believe I forgot that because she was like, the words you're funny from Raven to Beast Boy just immediately. I was just like, <laughs> like what? Oh. And, it, and actually, that's why I wish they had shown it sooner because it actually explains why beast boy works so hard to get her to laugh again yeah because he got the one compliment how many times did he make her laugh that's the i don't know i wish we've heard a season six but yeah i know <laughs> this is a great episode i love 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 this episode i'm and for me like i said not knowing this existed i was so happy to know they actually did a proper like prequel episode though i gotta admit I, I'm a fan of cheese and cheesiness in, in, in shows, but man, they were testing my tolerance. When at the very end, Robin and Cyborg give the Titans a locator. So, and I quote, when there's trouble, you know who to call. Yeah. And I was just yeah, like, I did that. I get it, but man, guys, <laughs> it was almost like, Captain America's really quiet Avengers assemble in Endgame. Where I yeah. guarantee no one heard that, but I know. <laughs> but it's still hype. You're still like, yes, he <laughs> said the thing. He said the thing that we've heard. <laughs> and I also kind of get why maybe this is here, mm -hmm. uh, because the next two episodes are different. They take that sudden shift. Of like what we've been talking about of because with uh, revved up and uh, go, you, the Brotherhood of Evil kind of got put into the background where you almost kind of forgot about them. Which, <laughs> but then they come back. Well, that's the scary thing about them. They want you to forget they're there because mm. they work better when you forget. Right. And um, and the this episode eleven is called "Calling All Titans," and the Brotherhood's like. The brain basically tells his other three people, it's time. <laughs> and it goes down quick. Yeah, this it's kind of like Endgame almost. In a lot of ways where you're just like, oh my, y'all were not playing around. George Takai, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> Love that man. When, yeah, when they're spreading out and they're like, all right, guys. And I was like, did you guys? Like, 
Did anyone else forget that they have their communicator? Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Cause well, they don't know. Like that's how they're being tracked down. They don't, they haven't figured that out yet. And they're giving Robin them eventually figures it out. And they're giving late. them to everyone. Mm-hmm. They're giving them to Pantha and Harold. And my, one of my personal favorite, like little running gag is Jericho. When he shows up, I get so excited because I know that Jericho is a bad mamma jamma. So (laughs) like, oh, you guys are going to they give him a little bit of a hard time at first and then they roll with it. I'm like, yes, put some respect on Jericho's name. (laughs) I know. I love that, too, because they seem like, really? This guy's like, oh, no, 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 no. This guy throws down. Yeah. And there's some funny stuff that they do in the next episode with him. But he when I when they see him up there. And Beast Boy's like, really? I came all the way up here for this guy? <laughs> like, uh, like he's crawling up the mountain to give Jericho a locator. And then they all get attacked. Yep. And it's, it's the just... same time because the general basically was like, all right, troops, spread out, get all of them. And they kind of underplayed some of them here because, like, Simon was there. And Simon, like, especially in the comics, is he's like a, a B plus as in like a minus villain. Like he's almost like a, a major villain for the Titans because he's a mind controller. And well, yeah, uh, to your point, I think it's the, as we've said before, we didn't get a season six. Otherwise he probably would have shown up again. Yep. It, it's because Simon's like, he's a great villain and he's actually like, he was part of the high five at one point too. He was working alongside them and Dr. Light in the comics. Dr. Light's actually a threat. This is, Kind of weird, but <laughs> like I'm, I've been reading so much of it now that I'm like invested. And that's fair. They um, and that's just in volume one. But it's crazy because they have Simon, they have um, Adonis is there. They have uh, who's the guy? Off world outlaw, giant right? And, and like I know the one that weirds me out is some of like warp. It's like, mm-hmm. shouldn't he be back in his own time? Yeah, I think they just threw him in there because familiar face. And I get that. It makes it of more of a threat, the- too, because warp is actually a legitimate threat. No, of course. Time travel makes you an immediate threat. Uh, instigator, which I not from. Yeah, uh, of course. And you see other people like Killer Moth and Kitten, which Car- is funny. Yeah. Seeing them teamed up. Cardiac, Kataru, Johnny Rancid. We could, we could go on. It, it's of course, a lot yeah. of the. It's everything in the kitchen sink. Yeah. And it will just shows how serious the situation is. And creature from Jones Lake. What the. I Oh, um, yeah, I know. Yeah. No, never mind. I'm remembering now. Uh, yep. <laughs> yep. There's so much packed into here, but it, it's basically like the uh, Titan. The Titans go completely under attack. And Robin, of course, is saved for Madame Rouge, who captures him because she's madame rouge and she's gnarly you do not get away from her yeah no you don't even if you're robin like batman probably couldn't get away from her and that's a huge compliment and yeah oh man this episode's wild but like he severs communications because he figures it out and he's like all right guys uh you're on your own sorry (laughs) well it's a situation of you know what's doing it but unfortunately you don't have a better plan so you're just like all right sorry guys we have to go dark sorry we don't have a better plan right now click yeah, the only option he had was the worst one. And that's it's it's wild because the stakes are now like it's now or never. And he gets captured along with a lot of other people. And a lot of the people, we don't even know what happens to him. We don't even know what their fate is. No. Yet. But yeah. <laughs> we get to that that moment where you're like, whoa. And it 
comes down to Beast Boy because Beast Boy is actually one of the ones who makes it. And it's now time for him to shine. Oh, yeah. In Titans together. And I love this episode. It's so good. And like, oh, man, because like you said, Beast Boy is on his own and he has to. It's like, okay, who's left here with me? And it's like Jericho. And I, what's the what's the Lucha lady's name? Uh, Panther. Yeah. Harold. Yeah, dude. Okay, Panther cracks me up. How she's just like wailing on some guy in the ring. <laughs> yeah. She beat up. Uh, she beat up Atlas and um, who was the other guy that they sent after? Her? Like Cinderblock, something. And she was just like, uh, "Not today, kids." Yeah, and they're like, they sent the wrong people, and I was like, "Oh, you're awesome!" <laughs> like, oh, I uh, like you. <laughs> but yeah, so Beast Boy gets these people together. He's like, "Look, we don't really know each other. We're not." He kind of insults himself when he says it's like, we're not exactly what we'd consider the most powerful, <laughs> but we're all we got. Exactly. It's like, we have no choice. This either works or we're all screwed. So let's go do this thing. <laughs> they have Moss too. Poor Moss. He's there. I, by himself. I was like, Moss, no, may no. <laughs> I said that out loud while I was watching this alone. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to go outside. oh it's so funny but my favorite moment from this episode in the first half is when harold comes through and he's like don't worry guys i brought backup and jericho walks through he's like i brought a friend and jericho walks through and all of them just go oh (laughs) why you gotta do my boy like that (laughs) look at him dude he looks like he should be on the brady bunch he's a pacifist hippie (laughs) And they just brought him in and they're like, oh, and then he ends up being one of the most crucial people on the team. <laughs> like literally without him, they wouldn't have been able to pull it off. No, not, they would have failed miserably. And I just I just was laughing so hard. They basically set up a plan. They're like, all right, guys, let's just attack him. Like we, we have no other way to stop this because they're yeah. freezing the Titans in like stone statues. Like they're basically preserving him like. Walt Disney's head is totally frozen somewhere in LA and (laughs) they they're fees. They're freezing all of them. And of course, like, you know, Robin's in there like, you'll never get away with this. And it's like, well, they're getting away with it right now, Robin. (laughs) What do you call what's happening at the moment? And they're getting ready to freeze him. And that's one of my favorite things about like Robin's character is that like, he doesn't have powers, but he's still Robin. And yeah. all the villains are like, they're about to freeze Robin. They're about to freeze Robin. And they're all like hyped. They're like, let's go. They just want to see him go down because they're just tired of him. And <laughs> it, it's so funny because they um, basically they invade. They take down a couple villains and they take down Cinderblock specifically. And Jericho, they're like, what can Jericho do? Well, Jericho can possess you with eye contact. And that's amazing. <laughs> that is a busted power. Yeah, they're like, oh, dude, Jericho sucks. And then he literally possesses one of the most indestructible villains. And they're like, oh, uh, we're sorry <laughs> for what mean <laughs> things we said about you. And please don't possess me. Yeah, please leave me alone. I <laughs> and they break in and he's like, you know, like Jericho, a cinder block is carrying him in. And they're like, come on, they're about to go freeze Robin. And I think it was like, it wasn't, I don't know if it was Billy Numerous, but there was a couple. I think it was uh, Billy Numerous private hive and a couple other villains and like, come on Cinderblock, or they, they say hi to him. They're like, Hey Cinderblock," And he's like, Hey, how you doing? And they're like, 
since when do you talk? Which is funny because Jericho also doesn't talk. I know. I was like, wait, wait, we're breaking some rules here. It's like, oh, hold on. And it, like, because Jericho literally can't talk. He's mute. And they didn't go into the details of why, you know, but I'm surprised they brought in Jericho so late because Jericho's the son of, uh, of Deathstroke for anyone who doesn't know. Oh, well, that, that, and I, I was one of those. You, you didn't know that? No, I didn't. No, it's Jericho Wilson, dude. He's uh, the daughter. Basically, like in the comics, someone tried to kill Slade because Slade is he's a supervillain, but he has an interesting and complex story that makes him a great sing. Like he did really well in the in the 80s as like a comic character because, yeah, he's evil, but he is a complex character. Jericho had the ability to possess people, but he can't talk because someone tried to kill Slade and they slit Jericho's throat. And Jericho I can, survived. I understand why they would not bring that up in a kids show. Yeah, no, I know. I just he's so important to like the Judas contract and everything too. Like, well, you know, we'll talk about it later down the line. But it's it's just crazy for me to think about because Jericho is so important. And basically, like their their covers blown, they break in. They almost kind of succeed because they're fighting off everyone, and the brain's like. You're stupid. I am the brain. I'm going to win Beast Boy. You are lame. Which. Yeah. <laughs> and. It, full. Tw- uh, full curly mustache. It's mustache twirling levels of villainy. And I kind of appreciate it. But they <laughs> almost pull it off. And they have to defeat Jericho. Like Gizmo. Like basically puts a bag over his head because he can't see anything. And I was like, well, it was good while it lasted Jericho. (laughs) (laughs) And Harold, you know, can cause interdimensional space rifts with his horn. I have, wow. Comics are strange. And then I love it. And then the squad pulls through the the team shows up ready to fight. And Raven comes back and cyborg and everyone else. You're like, what happened to them? Robin doesn't get frozen. They freeze Speedy and then Maso Manos, like Moss, the one Moss, they, <laughs> he <laughs> breaks Manos free and then they unfreeze all the Titans because they're freezing all of them as statues and then they fight back and it is awesome. It's one of those things because we've talked about like some of our, um, I guess like issues with some of the villains you see in here of like, that doesn't make sense. Like Malkior, I've missed headmistress. And you're just like, wait, what, what? But it's still such an awesome moment of just watching this giant. It's, it's like in game, honestly, of this just giant battle of heroes versus villains that we've all come to love and know over the last four and a half seasons now that you kind of ignore, you overlook that because it's just such a spectacle and it's great. Yeah, it, it's like Endgame kind of in that regard of like, the gang's all here. And yeah. Oh, not yet. There's two people missing that show up a little bit later. It's a tiny bit later. We'll talk about that. But <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> they, it's just a giant throwdown. And then Madame Rouge is like, we should attack. And I was like, yeah, no duh, dude. Like that's kind of the dumbest thing you've said the whole series is like, we should stop them. And she tries to throw down and I mean, there's too many, there's too many of them. And she's just like, what if I just charge headfirst? What if I just Leroy Jenkins and she (laughs) loses and gets frozen and it's 
so gratifying because I. Oh yeah, no, she's off the table. Oh, it was fantastic. The moment I saw her get taken down, I was like, "Yes!" <laughs> oh, I hated you so much. Yeah, that's when Mala just looks at Brain going. I think we need to leave. And he's like, agreed. <laughs> it's time. And in true supervillain fashion, he has a self-destruct button. Which true super friends villain going, you know what? If I can't win, nobody wins. If I lose, you lose. And Beast Boy actually kind of saves the day because he tackles him like they're about to escape. And he rips off the brains like bottom part which has like a face on it and he, yeah. <laughs> he throws it down to him and then in a weird moment where because cyborg's voice actor is the same that plays harold and they basically use harold's like space dimensional rift powers to send the bomb out into space and it explodes harmlessly and right. then they capture and freeze the french gorilla in the brain and they win and it's yeah. awesome. They freeze the five. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then Jinx reveals herself as a as a good guy. And she betrays, yeah, she betrays uh, Gizmo and Mammoth and all of them because she shows up with good old kid Flash Wally West. Yep, and they help save the day. They're crucial to it, and all the villains get frozen except for a couple. Yep. <laughs> and, oh, it's, it's so satisfying. And... You know, they're all like, yay, we won. And they're all at the tower and, you know, celebrating. It's overcrowded, and it's overcrowded. And they're like, wait, we need more towers. We need more seasons. <laughs> they, Agreed. They get to, they get a, an alert. They're like, what? Like, who's left? It's Dr. We Light. <laughs> <laughs> because in typical fashion, he ran away because he might not be the strongest villain, but he definitely has some common sense. <laughs> he knows when to. It reminds me of that uh, from Transformers when Starscream's like, you know, people like to make fun of cowards, but cowards typically are able to walk away from fights. Cowards know when they don't have a chance, and, and just leave. <laughs> he he's like, yeah, maybe not. So he gets caught robbing a bank, and they're like, Doctor Light. I mean, actually, that kind of makes sense. He's like, yeah. wait until he sees all of us. And it's that end game moment of like, oh. like pulling out and you just see all these superheroes just lined up, ready to throw down. And I'm like, dude, he's going to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't get to see his reaction, though. I'm sure he probably would be in the same fetal position as when Raven, you know, gave him trauma in season one. Oh, gosh. But it was just a great, <laughs> satisfying moment. Of seeing all the heroes we've come to know throughout the entire series to this point. And of course, Robin just gives the big order of Titans go and they all charge. Was I'm like, that's overkill. Yeah. It's just Dr. Light, man. Just send in one of the Moss Romanos. <laughs> They'll handle it. Just have them walk in, just kick them in the shin. Move yeah. on. <laughs> oh, but it's just a great way to show like Titans go. And it, it's cool, man. It's a, it's a yeah. great like secondary ending episode because the real thing comes in a well really hurtful yeah. <laughs> really hurtful final episode we need to talk about this because i've talked about how like okay okay <clears throat> i had also never seen this episode oh i'm so sorry through. i i literally was just like beast boy the entire time because i've talked about how season two and the whole terror arc is like near and dear to my heart so the moment I saw her pop up, I was acting exactly like Beast Boy. 
It's like, please don't. And I went, <laughs> as soon as I saw her, I went, what? And okay. So I just want to get that. You can go ahead and like explain, but just, I want to get that out there for people of like, for those who haven't seen the series. And so y'all already knew, yeah, it ends on a cliffhanger. I did not know that. So yeah. I was in for one heck of a gut punch. It's a gut punch of a final episode. And basically they like the Titans are kind of returning back to normal. Everyone's kind of gone back to their own little places and off to, you know, save the day. And they're like, Oh, let's go get some pizza from the spot. The pizza spot that's been prevalent throughout the entire series. And it's gone. They've mm-hmm. been gone so long and they've been going through so much change and growth that like, they didn't even realize that the pizza place was torn down and gone. Yeah. And they try to go to the video store. It's, it's gone. gone. And that's yeah, where they find a very generic villain waiting for them, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is basically we need Beast Boy here to finish it out. But Beast Boy spots there while they're fighting this villain. He notices that there's a girl um, in, a, in a school uniform and it's Tara. And I was Dude, like, my heart, <gasps> my heart dropped as soon as I saw her. I went, no, no way. Because at first you're like, oh, it's just someone that looks like her. Nope. It's her because Beast Boy goes down after he gets rejected by her because she has amnesia. She's like, I have no idea who you are. I, I have no, no idea what you're talking about. And her friends are being good friends and they're like, get out of here. And, <laughs> like, leave no, no, us alone. I mean, it's one of those where, like, I understand where everybody's coming from because their mm-hmm. friends are like, dude, you're being creepy. Back off. And Beast Boy's like, no, you need to remember. Yeah. And, he, he's just overcome with emotion. Well, yeah. Because it, it's his first love. And yeah. he's like, I I have a second chance at this. It's so sad. But it he goes down to where she was frozen, like under under the city, and her statue's gone. And you're like, it's her. It's a hundred percent her. Yeah. Oh man. And, of course, and he's telling the other Titans, and they're just like, Wait, but we would have noticed if she was no longer a statue. He's like, We've been gone a long time. Anything's possible. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's crazy to think about, but it, it's literally called things change. And <laughs> they. Oh, man, it's heartbreak because he she gives him a chance. She's like, I'll, I'll try. I'll, I'll see what I can do and I'll she see if I can remember. A, yeah, she's being a very patient, kind person. I got to give her credit. Yeah, which because on one hand, I was like, oh, my gosh, I just wanted to remember her. And on the other hand, I'm like, oh, she's not going to. And Beast Boy's just trying to hold on to the past. And exactly. And he's trying to literally recreate every moment he had with her. Like, <sighs> they go to the same diner to try to have pie. Finds out she's like, I don't like pie. What? It's and so sad. they try to, like, do the whole skipping rock thing because he's trying to, like, get her to use her powers. Mm-hmm. And it just... You know, the analogy you used earlier of like watching a train, watching a car wreck in slow motion. Yeah, that's this episode. (laughs) But like in the sad way of it's like, oh, like, and then the car catches on fire. Oh, man. And they like just watching him try. So this is and it's the perfect end for his arc because it goes beyond just like he proved himself as a leader, like he can be a good leader and lead like no matter who you are and who you're with, you can still pull off amazing things. And in this episode, it really ties back to like, you can't hold on to the past and you can't hold on to things that aren't meant to be. I get that. And I would completely agree. That was the whole point. If it wasn't for the little 
extra curveball that gets thrown in with good old Slade. Yeah, Slade comes back and is just a jerk. <laughs> yeah, basically, he's like, of course she doesn't remember you. Why would you remember a loser? It's like, Slade, I will come through this TV and punch you myself. I'll fight you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'll lose, but I'll try. <laughs> I will take a beating for, I don't know. But <laughs> he, and he, it's in the same, like the mirror, like the house of mirrors. And it's, oh, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, but, he tears it down because he just rages and he's <sighs> so angry. I don't blame him, man. It's it's heartbreaking. It's sad. But, you know, in the end, she's like, we have to both move on with our life and do what's best for us. And yeah, she she says goodbye to him. And in, in a way that's really sweet and understanding. And I think Beast Boy is finally like, I, I understand now. And it's like probably the moment that Beast Boy changes into, you know, more of an adult. Right. And well, it's wow, man. <laughs> I, I do agree. Dude, like I said, I was. I wasn't ready for this to be the, cause I had no idea. I did not look ahead at the episodes. So when there's a thing called like things change, I was thinking it was like an epilogue thing. It kind of like, uh, with justice league unlimited when they did the epilogue episode with Batman beyond. Yeah. I, I thought it'd be something like that. That just ties up some loose ends. We weren't even aware that needed to be tied up. And I was not ready for that. Nope. Because <laughs> I, like I said, I, 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 Go back and listen to the season two episode of like just how much that season means to me. So I was not ready for this. And um, <laughs> I agree that like as time has gone on, I know the voice actor for Cyborg has said that, you know, their plan, this was as planned. Like we want to give a nice little moral lesson to kids that things do change. You have to move on from your past. I'm like, that is not true because if that was the point, you would not have brought Slade in. Yeah, it's, you know, because it's very obvious they were teasing something bigger. Yeah. And I, I think they would have been able to do that if, you know, we had a season six and, and they probably would have brought back Starf. Uh, we probably would have bought up. Hey, Bob or Ray Bob. We probably would have seen Blackfire again. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> she. She probably would have been. I'm just. I'm so curious to know what they would have done. I'm because oh, yeah. The main thing is that like you don't necessarily have to let go of things you care about. I I think that's the. But you have to like the world is going to change with or without you, and it's up to you whether or not you adapt. I think is the big way about it. For like the the episode as it stands, just by itself, absolutely, I agree 100. percent But the introduction of Slade. And of course, Beast Boy just goes borderline feral mm-hmm. against Slade. And just to find out it's a, I almost called it a doom bot. That's basically <laughs> what it is. Um, it's a robot Slade and Slade's like on the screen going, you really think I'd fight you in person? I'm not stupid. And uh, it gives that whole thing of like, oh, well, if Slade is aware that Tara is back, obviously he's not going to leave her alone. Cause he kind of wants to get revenge on the girl that literally murdered him. And I think and that was him. his revenge. Well, maybe true. Cause that the amnesia thing of being like, yeah, the girl that caused me to have to become a pawn of Satan. What's the way I can hurt her? Oh, just take away her memories. Yeah. And um, take away like, the oh, thing that's... she loves. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a very slayed move. If I can't beat you physically, I'm going to harm you emotionally and mentally. And, um, <laughs> 
but I'm just saying like they introduced that. So like mm-hmm. as a single episode, the big old like things change and you have to move on and it, it sucks. It hurts. You don't want to, but you have no choice. Yes. But they were very, very clearly setting up for other things. And that's why right. we, and now that we made it and we got teen Titans done. Cause now I want to, I do want to talk about like, cause when it ended like that, I was actually angry. Cause I literally thought Titans together was the end because it's the perfect, you could have ended it right there. Mm-hmm. So when I saw that episode, I started researching like crazy what happened here. And they wanted to do a season six, but apparently they lost so many viewers because of season four, understandable. <laughs> and um, season five, apparently they kind of, because originally I was I, from some of the things I heard because there's a bunch of theories apparently they were originally going to make season 5 20 episodes but then they got told you only get 13 and so they had to kind of make changes and um, yeah they definitely want to do a season 6 one rumor is they were apparently the pitch for season 6 was so bad Kurt's network just outright rejected it which I got like, dude, how bad is that pitch when you the show us on such a roll? Yeah, I don't know if I buy that one. <laughs> I, well, I did hear the, the rumor I do believe is that because of the dip in ratings because of season four and at five, they did come back up, but they couldn't get quite back up to what they were beforehand. So Cartoon Network had a reason to cancel them. And it fits because Cartoon Network as a company they don't know what to do when they have a hit on their hands. They literally don't know what they, they have a long history. Anyone that wants to go down a rabbit hole, look up how they treat shows like Dexter's lab, how the Powerpuff girls, Samurai Jack, Magus XLR. I mean, even like Rick and Morty, they don't know what to do when something's really successful and they flip out. And yeah, so I just I just wanted to go on that little, little rant of my own because I was very angry to know this is how the series ends. Yeah, they, well, they kind of had the unof like. Well, I guess it's the official ending of the series with the Trouble in Tokyo like TV movie, right? Um, which you know we don't really have to talk about because I think that this is actually a more succinct and proper ending to what the original Teen Titans is. Not you know not talking smack on the movie, but like this as a series, I think ended the way the only way it could have and it's representative of its time, because like for one thing, cartoons were getting a little bit more wacky and goofy in a way that I don't think teen Titans could match because audiences were looking for something a little bit more lighthearted. And like, you you notice with a lot of those like cartoons from that time is that they weren't, you know, Batman beyond or justice league (laughs) or, you know, they were changing. And but by this time in 2006, those cartoons had already been canceled and they were done. So Teen Titans was the only one still standing. Yeah. And I I think that they were like, hey, like, I think they just wanted to move on. And I get that. I I understand that. Then I know. I know that. So that way it could have ended on something like Titans together. I know. God punch me with Tara. I know. How dare you? I know it hurts, but. 
it is what it is. And maybe we'll get a season six. I heard little rumors that they're trying to vouch for a season six, which would be, which <laughs> would be really cool. I would That'd love be amazing. That. I'd almost be a little nervous for that just because the, the expectations would be so high. I'd be afraid there's no way they could live up to it. I think they could. Cause the team that made it, if they get everyone back together is excellent. Yeah. But we all know that if you set expectations too high for anything, you kind of end up being disappointed. And with the way, I mean, like in the in the control freak episode, when we talked about how the internet people were as a little group chat, even though things are the same, the one thing that is different is fandoms are way more toxic now. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm just afraid that the, the expectation and the standard would be so high that the moment they had one goof or one like, because one of the things that we've done through watching this is we've had episodes and even entire seasons that we now appreciate better in time. Yeah. Stuff we already liked that we like more. Yeah. Or maybe episodes that we weren't the biggest fans of that we'd like more now rewatching. You don't, if they had an episode, if that like, like a cyborg, the barbarian episode where people just immediately reject it. The way things are now, they would just, that'd be a toxic storm. And if I think that, you know, and this is just me like brainstorming ideas. Cause honestly we may never get it, but if it did happen, I'd like to believe that they would just drop it with minimal. Like they're just like, here you go on like HBO max. Cause now they have the ability to do that. Cause it's HBO max. And oh, I agree. I if you just drop it, 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 they treat it like samurai Jack where it's, they don't make too big of a deal out of it. They just go, here you go. True. And luckily with streaming, I mean, you could do weekly. In fact, uh, kind of like what Disney plus has done with some of their shows. There is still, value in doing weekly releases even on streaming services i think they should drop it all at once because if there's anything we've learned from the boys where they're doing it weekly now which i don't mind i don't i really don't mind that a lot of people especially with superhero stuff just want to see everything all at once and that's true it's though they literally review bombed the second season of the boys because they were so mad that it wasn't available to watch all at once yeah which i mean it's like you're just making control freaks look more relevant. Yeah, <laughs> which is giving them ammo, which might give us a season six. <laughs> we'll see. Dude, if there's a season six, control freak has to be in it with the way fandoms are now. I know. He's tailor made for it. Oh, and he'll and, it'll be brutal, dude. <laughs> it's gonna I know, be he, brutal. And just uh But yeah, I just I kind of have the same thing with Teen Titans that I want them to do. I mean Weird sidebar, but just hang with me. Uh, the same thing I want them to do with the Venture Brothers because that got canceled earlier this month. Actually, don't bring it up. <laughs> I know, but what all I'm asking for, I don't as cool as it would be for Teen Titans to go like 10, 12 seasons. All I really want is just season six to wrap everything up and end on a nice little bow like season four did. And the same thing with the Venture Brothers. And you can do that now with HBO Max. You can. And I think that's what they were waiting for. If if my assumptions are to be correct, that's just my hope. We'll never know. But man, oh man, like just, you know, in conclusion, this 
like, wow, first of all, we've talked about this for like 10 hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, this is our longest episode and deservedly so, because this is, there's a lot of stuff here, but this series, man, is just, it had a huge impact on me growing up. It's one of my favorite series of, of any medium. And, you know, I know a lot of people will be like, well, young justice and justice league and justice league unlimited are better. And that may very well be true, but this show has a very, very special place in my heart. Oh, understandable. I mean, it yeah, gave I mean, me my favorite superhero team, man. I, <laughs> I love it. No, and that look for you, like for, for you, it's like kind of like what like uh, the X Men cartoons did for me. Of like why the I love the X Men with such a passion, and that's fine. Yeah. And I really hope, and I believe, I think Ozzy would agree with me. I hope that you listening to us talk about this, especially as, and we looked as we went through each season, our episodes got longer. <laughs> hope y'all appreciate that. Yeah. Um, if you binge it all at once, <laughs> like, yeah, have fun. <laughs> but um. I really hope, honestly, that we have given you, if you have HBO Max, or just do a free trial, or you get the DVDs, or whatever, watch this series, because it is excellent, and there's not enough good things to say about it. There's comedy, there's things that just rip your heart out, there's things that can kind of, you're obviously, if you're an adult, doesn't like scare you, scare you, but you're just like, I am little freaked out right now and it's i my biggest hope is that you understand the love we have for this show and that's why we broke this down season by season we wanted you to know that this is just a phenomenal show that deserves all the accolades it's gotten and it's no wonder it has such a following to this day yeah it's it's a special show and a lot of people like you don't you don't see often many people asking for a sixth season of a TV series. And yeah, this show has Definitely. really, really grown with love and and a lot of time and especially like retrospect. Like it's <laughs> a big well, factor. Yeah, and I think a lot of that too is and this isn't this is not a pot shot at Marvel, I promise. But because the quality of their animated shows in the last five years have been hit or hit or miss. It's made people really like nostalgic for shows like Teen Titans that were just really well done and they weren't too concerned with whatever was happening with movies. They just told their own thing while honoring the comics. Yeah, it's uh, it's special. And if you get the chance, like look into reading the comics, this might actually lead you to liking the comics. They have them in volumes. I think the I think they're about to release volume 12 of the new Teen Titans, which is so 80s that I can practically smell the hairspray, but <laughs> <laughs> it's it's amazing. It I love it. And like even since I was a kid, I've just had this love for this kind of series and this kind of storytelling. And I'm really thankful for it. It, it was a major part of my life growing up. And it, you know, it, it sounds cliche, but it helped make me who I am today. And I am very appreciative of that. So hopefully maybe if you hadn't heard of this series somehow, which one that's impressive, <laughs> if you hadn't heard about it, maybe now you can watch it. Or if you did know about it, but you kind of only had like a vague memory of it, you can go back and watch it now because it's readily available for everyone to watch on HBO Max. There's millions and millions of people that can discover the show now and just give it a shot. It's amazing and it's wonderful. And 
you know, if if you make it through all 10 hours or so of this uh, this series, which one, if that works for you, great. And two, if we get universal feedback that this format sucks, please let us know. But <laughs> oh yeah, we, want, we do want to know, like, if you're cool with us going season by season like this or if you're cool with like longer episodes like this, we want to know. Yeah. And though then again, if you've stayed to this point, I'm willing to bet the answer to that second question is yes. That's my hope. <laughs> I'm still hoping maybe we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll find out, but we just want to give you guys the best experience possible. And, you know, with this, this is something, you know, obviously like every season got over an hour of runtime for us to talk about. This one has two. So <laughs> like, it, it's just, we have the time of our life talking about this once again. Thank you for joining us today. This is, you know, this is, we love doing this. We love talking about this and, we're going to keep doing it. Once again, I'm Austin Cook, and we are the Internet World Order. Caleb, send him out. Uh, Teen Titans, go.